G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Yes, you're on Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call us throughout the show today on 1300 01 1117 or text us on 0457 736 736. Welcome to our listeners across the SEN network, including SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ in Queensland, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast, and all our listeners who are listening belatedly on the app, on the SEN app. Today we're live from the Hyde Park House in Darlinghurst. We're going to chat about Luttrell as we preview the Sharks and Souths game and review the big Eels win over the Raiders last night. Now, our host today... He's yet to join us, Joel Kane. He's got a 20K run tomorrow. Uh, Rumour has it that he's jogging here from Cronulla today as a little bit of a warm-up. God knows he needs it. Uh, <laughs> so my co-host for now is just the two of us, Adrian Prezenko. Uh, Adrian's rolled in today, shirts off. Uh, he thought it was going to be Mad Monday as an Eels fan. <laughs> However, the show goes on, Adrian. Oh, it would, have a look outside. I know there's a little bit of rain, but to me, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, Parramatta are into a qualifying final. How good is life? What do they call it? Paradise? Paradise. Paradise. It, it's a state of mind. It's not a place. I mean, I was a little bit surprised by the score last night that it blew out, but... It felt from that first 10 minutes like Parramatta got ascendancy and just never let the foot off the throat. It also felt like they were up against an opponent that had been playing sudden death football for two months and all of those exertions finally caught up with them and Parramatta just rolled them through the middle. Their forwards were too good and off the back of that, Dylan Brown, outstanding. He was kept very quiet uh, the previous week against the Panthers and you know he and Mitchell Moses took total control. Do you dare to dream? Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, it feels like it now, doesn't it? It feels like it. It does. And like it's, it's been so long and there's that weight of expectation. And I think that in some respects, all this pressure on Brad Arthur, he's sort of a victim of that continual expectation and frustration that's been building up for 36 years. And I mean, I'm just old enough to remember that. It was on my 10th birthday or thereabouts. And... You know, 2009 seems a long time away as yeah. well. That was the last grand final, and yep. basically Jared Hayne carried them on his back. But they've got the team to do it, and I reckon they're a red-hot chance against the Cowboys next week. So it didn't come without controversy. Uh, the nepotism report that popped up midweek, uh, it seemed timely if you had an agenda against Brad Arthur. Uh, yeah. It didn't seem to affect the team last night. And... The Jacob Arthur call almost got justified when Mitch Moses comes off for a head knock and they slot another halfback straight in. Yeah. Um, what did you make of that report during the week and the effect that it had or, or didn't have on the playing group and Brad Arthur? Well, it didn't have an effect and Brad Arthur was asked about that straight after the game. and He said, people with agendas aren't going to bring this club down. They're not going to tear us apart. It's only going to make us stronger. And I think 
the way they played showed that. Like, if they came out and, you know, they went to water and, like, they were really nervous against the Panthers as well. Yeah. And I think that showed they didn't offload a lot. And I know the conditions weren't really conducive to it. But I thought they came out, they played their style of footy. They have to chance their arm. And, you know, they got a lot of offloads away off the back of that momentum that you were talking about. And Jake Arthur, yeah, I thought, you know, he, he came in and had to do a job there for a while. What surprised me was when Mitchell Moses went off for that concussion test for, for the head injury assessment that he came back on after he passed it. I thought the game was dead. There was nothing to gain. There's about 15 minutes to go. He'd already copped one the week before. Yeah. And then I saw him get absolutely flattened by Jack White. And I'm thinking, why are you out there? <laughs> I was just screaming at the TV. Get yeah. him off. There was yeah. nothing to gain. And I would have given a couple of their other guys an early mark as well, whether it be... You know, that they're starting front rowers or Dylan Brown or even Gutho. Like, there was nothing to gain. All that they could have done was got injured. It almost was a sign of that ruthlessness, though, wasn't it? Like, the foot was on the throat till the 80th minute. And they kept putting points on. They kept hitting in defence. Uh, just a super impressive performance. Uh, any standouts for you in that Eels lineup and people that you think can have an impact again next week against the Cowboys? Well, Dylan Brown, like, he, yeah. he didn't run at all against the Panthers. And yeah. he said that, you know, he gave himself a four out of ten. He said that was his own assessment of his performance. And it, it's probably closer to a nine, nine and a half after that. He ran for 276 running metres for a wow. five eight. So no pivot has, no number six has run that far um, all year. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. So yeah. I thought he was tremendous. Um, you know, Sean Lane was also kept fairly quiet against the Panthers. Yeah. Um, and they have such a good combination, those two, both with and without the football. So they yeah. combined really well. Um, you know, the props always do their job, Junior. If, if Campbell Gillard doesn't get selected in the Australian team... It's a travesty, Something's going on. Well, I, I still can't believe that he wasn't playing for Crazy. New South Wales. That, you know, you had the... Both Saifidis in, in before him. Um, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. And... Oh, I guess Brad Arthur made two gutsy calls during the week, right? He shrugged off the nepotism call and selected Jacob Arthur. And then he selected Wonga Blake after, yes. you know, one of his poorer games, probably of his career. Uh, again, paid off. Wonga in the tack, great. Defence flew up a couple of times, but they covered it. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Wonga stays there for the rest of the season now, right? He has to. And... For the most part, he has been defending better than he has in previous seasons, so he's always had that tendency to come in off the line, jam in, and then especially against a team like you know, South Sydney that plays those short sides down the left so well, he has been caught out on occasion, but he's actually trusted the guy inside him. Will Penasini's done a he really good, good job defensively over yeah. the last couple of months. Like That's yeah. an area of the game that people like Andrew Johns have said he has to improve on, and he has. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of positives for him. There was one, there was one instance where it might have been one who put up a really high ball and Gutho was under it. And it was almost like Wanga Blake was trying to push him out of the way to get it. It's like he wanted to make a point and say, I can do this. And yeah. it's like, Wanga, just get out of the way. Do you reckon, <laughs> do you reckon he, listened, he listened to our show last week and heard Joel's cupping versus spreading well, I, technique? I, well, we didn't really get to see if he's still a no, cupper, did we? No. Like, it's, it's funny. I was watching the AFL games after our, our Saturday talk about how people catch a, catch a ball, whether they cup it or they spread. Yep. And AFL players are much more effective at catching and sort of absorbing the ball. Yep. Whereas I did see in NRL, we, we tend to leave our hands lower and try and, and, and bounce it off. As here he is, 
Joel Kane. He's Sugar. in the running wear. He's in the active wear. He's got the Lululemon tights on. <laughs> The fluoro singlet. <laughs> I, I, I thought he actually got st stuck at the bar downstairs. He didn't, didn't want to join us. <laughs> no, no, no. Here he is. Get him on the mic. He's fashionably late. Welcome. I'm in trouble, boys. You're in trouble? <laughs> I've just walked up two sets of stairs. This is a man who's doing a half marathon yeah. on Sunday, correct? What, what an idiot. Wow. Um. <laughs> Wait, what's that music in the background? Oh, a little bit of Kate Bush running up that hill. Oh. <laughs> James, how are you? James behind the scenes here, the great Brooksy, the seal back there. How are we going, gentlemen? What have I missed? Oh, we're flying, Joel. We're absolutely You've flying. You've done yourself out of it. No, job we're talking. Uh, we thought Adrian would be on, on his Mad Monday. We yep. thought he'd be knocked off for the year, but yeah. he, he survived. And he's feeling good. He's, he's dreaming, oh. Joel. He's dreaming. How good's life? Oh, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Ding dong, the preliminary final, which is dead. Indeed. And it's, it's been a while. It's good. And I think for Brad Arthur, a guy who's come under so much scrutiny, yeah. this was probably a pass mark. Like, whatever happens from here, third week of the finals, they've improved from last year. Obviously, we'd be bitterly disappointed if they lost to the Cowboys next week. But it's sort of a pass mark, I feel, whatever yeah. happens. Par for the course. This is yeah. a par. Yeah. Just, yep. just one for our listeners uh, while I look around. We've got... A lot of AFL fans here this morning. I'd like people to text us in. If you're doing, we'll call it the Sydney Triple today. Oh, yeah. If you're going Randwick into Swans Collingwood, into Sharks uh, and Souths. And meeting me at the start line tomorrow. <laughs> the quaddy. Who oh, wants the to do quaddy. the Sydney Quaddy? The quaddy. quaddy. Yeah, the yeah. Sydney Quaddy. If you can go Randwick, AFL, NRL, Marathon, text that, us in. It literally is a marathon of sport, yeah. isn't it? Well, yes. that's why I'm late, boys, and I do apologise, very unprofessional, but I'm running around for a niece's birthday, then had to get such a logistical nightmare. Yeah. So last night is my daughter's formal, so we get home. Drop, go. She yep. was, oh, I had a great time. So, yeah. But we're dropping all the girls home yeah. by one o'clock in the morning, so oh, you're under siege already. Yeah, right? yeah, Year yeah. 12 formal? Year 10 formal, Ooh. right? Couldn't be more um, under the pump than what I am. Then I've got to get myself, okay, I need my car at the ground, because we're calling the game here later on for SEN, yeah. but car spots are at a premium, so I've had to yeah. go and organise that. Um, but the precinct in Sydney, and particularly Moore Park, it is just buzzing. Oh, and what's the time? It's just after 12. Yeah, just after it midday. It is pumping. Yep, yep. I was, uh, I was up early enough to the gym this morning, but drove back past the precinct, and you'd already had a bit of a feel about yeah. it. A few people sort of heading down <laughs> towards Cleveland Street, I reckon, getting an early start on the day. Oh. Bondi this morning, sun out, pumping. Um, yes, I Arvo, actually, I, was, I went down for a quick swim yesterday, Arvo, before uh, we did the, the drive home show. I sat down on the beach. This group of four blokes and their, their young boys came up and sat next to me. And they said, oh, you know, Miss, oh, how yeah, you going, yeah. blah, blah. They said, you, you local? Yeah, yeah. They said, oh, we're from Melbourne, actually. I said, oh, beautiful. What are you up here for? Oh, we're up here to watch the swans, brought the young boys up. They said, we bloody love it up here. We're thinking about moving up. We wow. love it. And uh, my, my girlfriend's uh, auntie and uncle come up. They're trying to find accommodation. Sydney booked out. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. booked out. Um, so this really is the weekend of Sydney. We've taken it off Melbourne yeah. for the AFL. So they had their game last night. Now all eyes on Sydney all oh, weekend. Yeah. And, and Sugar, you talked about the logistical nightmare of you know, parking, etc. But it'll be interesting to see the pre-game experience. Like, I don't know if, it, if you still do it, but the walk up from Central Station. You used oh, yeah. to do, you know, up for Vaux Street. And, yeah. and is there still the bat and ball and the captain cook and yeah. all of yeah. those ones? So we had I a listener yesterday said he was going to get an Uber. Both from Camden. From the bat and ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, what, both from Camden mapped out 
a uh, the, the pubs, the pub yeah. crawl. So yes. you go from central, and he named Strawberry about Strawberry Hills seven into yep. Robin Hood, into yeah. the same, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, as Missile said, so he's done all the heavy lifting. Yeah. But then he's forecasting a very zigzaggy walk. I oh, think, yeah. To the game. So he's, yeah, he's gone. Flies. He's gone Uber from Batten Ball to Allianz, which must be. As the crow flies say, 200 max, 300 yeah, metres. Yeah. He's gone Uber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's going to feel like Kate Bush running up that hill after four or oh. five scooters <laughs> and you're getting to that last pub oh. and you're up the little ascent. Oh, I'll tell you what's running uphill. Coming back home to the missus after four hours of football during the day and beers in the sun. That's, oh, that's oh, an yeah. uphill struggle. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of uh, tan streaking down people's faces <laughs> and, and the old uh, sandals or whatever, jangles over the shoulder. Well, I reckon that your response when you get home after all that, right, will be similar to what a mate of mine said. He said, hey, JC, at about 7.25am tomorrow, uh, you'll want to stab yourself. He said, sorry, he said, uh, stab yourself in the eye with a blunt pencil. He said, that's how well I'll be going. <laughs> that's it, yeah, so that's well, it I had to think day. about it. I had to think about it on the way here. And I think a pass mark for you, sub two hours. Sub two hours, okay. I'll be happy with you. Okay. Uh, At six minute pace. Excuse me, bartenders, please stop serving this man alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that is not possible. It's not even possible. So six, six minute kilometres is no, two hours. Mate, I haven't done anything. A six minutes is like a light jog. Yeah. yeah. You'll do that. This is, this is the former NRL top yeah. point scorer. Yep. Yeah. Athlete supreme. Oh. Yep. You've been yep. off the Terps for the best part of, what, a couple of months yeah, been yeah. doing a bit of work. I've yeah, been off the sugar for two weeks. Yes. Yeah. You're, not, you're not living Except up to the Except for yesterday, names. the ice cream sandwich yesterday. Just yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm in big trouble. That's fine. But um, have your say too, by the way, 0457 736 736. Which are you going to? If you live in Sydney, you're going to something. You're going to the races. You're going to the AFL. You're going to the NRL. You're going to the marathon potentially tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the Sydney Quaddy. The Sydney Quaddy. Wow. And also, text us in. I want tips for Randwick. I yep. want some AFL multis and I want some NRL multis for the day. Yeah, looking forward to that. It, it, uh, well, we've got one today. Hammy Goodman. A little uh, curve yes. ball he threw us. Yes. Joshy Dacos. Josh Dacos. 25 or more disposals, paying $2.20. What do you think, folks? We like that? Easily. Easily. Yeah, Easy. yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, SCG, small ground. He gets his hands on the ball more, over 25. Easy money. There yeah, you nodding. go. Yeah, the Collingwood uh, supporters are nodding here. They, they, they know today's a big one. Uh, yes. Maggie, it's going to be my first experience at the new Allianz. You said that you yeah. did that last night. you're not No, no, this oh, will be the first cracker. time. Tell, tell us about what it's like. Well, I couldn't find the toddies, so that was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I had a look, but um, no, nah, beautiful stadium. Yeah. It just had like a gladiatorial feel to it. Yeah. Probably enhanced by the game that we saw yep. last weekend. Yes. Um, interestingly, so for today's AFL game, uh, my girlfriend's family, all Swans fans, all South Melbourne fans. Uh, my girlfriend's sister is dating uh, Jordan Dugowie's best friend. Oh, wow. So he's flown up to stay with me for the weekend. He's come in last night. And when I say the, the, the family Swans fans, they are like... The hectic Swans fans. Yeah, because South he, Melbourne fans. He's rocked in last night from the airport, Collingwood scarf on. Oh, wow. <laughs> into, the, into the belly of the Swans fans. Uh, so he's hoping for a big game from, uh, from Geordie Dugowie So today. this is Jordan Dugowie's brother? Uh, it's his best mate from school. Oh, his best mate. And he's They're staying with you. He's staying with me, yeah, wow. yeah. You haven't got him Australia And the word, the the word is if, if, the, if Collingwood uh, loses, me and Dugowie could be on. Wow. No, no. Oh, he's, a, wow. he's a bit of... I think he's... Bit of an AFL bad boy, is that right? Much maligned, but it's uh, yeah, it's. Look, What's uh, the mate's first name? Lockie. So Lockie's going to come. 
yeah. a little bit later. Well, mate, you can start calling him if they start getting beat. Lockie to going. <laughs> <laughs> going home with the tail between his legs. Uh, look, it's such a good time. And, and tell us how you're spending your weekend. I, I think personally, boys, it's just about the best weekend of the year. Mm. Don't you think? There's a lot of dreams that are still free. Teams in the mix. Yeah, yeah. You know, Colling would have got at least, you know, another nine hours in the competition. So the Swans have got at least a week or so in the competition. <laughs> so it, it's a great time of year. You've got the Rugby League. Uh, Parramatta off to a prelim yeah. to take on the North Queensland Cowboys yeah. up there. Fascinating. And it's the first time in a long time that the Roosters and Melbourne haven't featured at this time of the year. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's good to see some of those other teams start to emerge and come through. We've got a Queensland team in there. No one would have expected that it would be the Cowboys at yep. the start of the year. Parramatta's still there. Panthers are there. Cronulla, what a story they've been this year oh. as well. Like, you know, to finish the competition second, you've got a rookie coach in Craig Fitzgibbon. Um, I was there last weekend, and there was a lot of debate as to whether or not the game should have been there. But the atmosphere at Shark Park was off its nada. It was so good. I know it was only just over 12,000 people that were there, but 32, 30, 13 minutes of extra time, it couldn't have been a better atmosphere. Oh. I spoke to, uh, to a mate, and he said, oh, it's going to be 30,000, 30, 30-odd uh, thousand for the South Cronulla game. I said, mate, you underestimate The Sharks people yeah. are buzzing. They mm. are up and about. And 90% of them have heard about this stadium but not yet been there like yourself. Yeah. So there's two reasons to get out there. It's sold out. Yeah. It's, so we go through the mall. I live down that way. Yeah. And we go through the mall this morning to get a coffee. Have you boys been down the mall down there at Cronulla? I've been through there, so yeah. So you're familiar yeah. with it, right? Yeah. It's a long stretch. And I G'd up the boys, my sons. I said, boys, why don't we just go through slowly, crank up, right, even though we're going for the Sharkies, crank up glory, glory to South City. Just, <laughs> just get everyone off the bit. Stare them up, And they yeah. go, Dad, Dad, do it, do it. I said, no, no, no. I'd like to live to see the rest <laughs> of the game. Break through the window. <laughs> yeah. But, mate, that, that is... Um, Sharks fans are up and about. We know yes. South are up and about. Last week... What, it, what about this, Adrian? So, uh, uh, Two Phones Tommy, a producer on our Friday show, massive East fan. Mm. And South have tweeted, we've just sold out our third home game in a row. <laughs> And that the Roosters fans are biting at it. He They're was biting, yeah, filthy. Mate. Have you read yeah. the comments? Filthy. Yeah. Like, and Souths are, Souths are just taking the PIWS. Of course but they are. They are biting at it. Fans are so into it. I, I got to the stadium at, at Cronulla at Shark Park last week, a couple of hours early. It was sold out, so you couldn't be there unless you had tickets. People were outside milling about two and a half hours beforehand. It was crazy. People are just so up for these finals. It's massive. Was it, this the first final since COVID where we could have people at the games. Is that right? Well, it was last year. Well, last year it was up it north. It all blends into one. Yeah, no, it, it was, was up north. Well, it was up north so last first, year. For, yeah. for Sydney siders, for Sydney siders yeah. first finals they've been able to go to in over two years. Yeah, I'd be fascinated to know, and I know it's a low base, but what's the Penrith record at ANZ? At Accor, rather, at Accor. Mm. What's the Penrith record there? Because they'll be there next week, take, next Saturday night, Penrith take on the winner of today's game at Allianz. Yeah. And that's South, the South could have South home game. South could have another home game. Four in a row. Imagine that. Like, yeah. That is a saloon passage, isn't it? Yeah, it is. For a team who finishes outside the top four. It is. It is. I, I've I've already got this. I've got an inkling now. We've got a battle of the West part two for the grand final. Oh, I've just got a something? feeling. I've got a feeling it'll be massive. Um, 
there will be riots if uh, <laughs> if one or the other lose. And it's there's going to be so many interesting storylines too. Like there's obviously some former Panthers players in the Parramatta side, like yeah. guys like you know Regan Campbell Gillard. Penrith were paying. Blake. They're still they're still on their books, are they? I think that they're still. I'm well, not sure if that's finished last year, but I'm pretty sure that they might even still be on the. So books. you know you want to get rid of someone when you're paying them still, yeah. right? So yeah. Regan Campbell Gillard's got that motivation. Wanga yeah. Blake, as you mentioned, Micah Sebo <laughs> yes. should have played first grade at Penrith. Yeah. He was scoring one point billion tries a year. He was at Penrith, wasn't yeah, he? He was at Penrith, right? And, I, and I was, I've shared this story before. I went to about eight clubs. I remember speaking to a coach on stage, interviewing him, and as we walked off the stage, right, I said, mate. There's this kid at Penrith, Micah Siva. you just got to sign him. You get him for about $50,000. I reckon I said this to eight clubs, right? They didn't want him. And eventually, um, Mark O'Neill and the Parramatta Eels pick him up. And that was off the back of a good finals, uh, sorry, a good pre-season game that he actually had against Parramatta from memory. At Penrith? They, yes. Scored a couple. Yeah, so he scored a couple of tries, and yeah. Brad Arthur went, I'll have to look at this bloke. And they said, mate, you can pick him up for a mini rapper. Yeah. Let's have him. And they did. And they did. And it's paid off. What year would that have been? Ooh. Oh, it's going back for what, five, seven five years or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to remember that Parramatta had that incredible thread on the wing with Semi Rodraja for all those years. And all yeah. of a sudden, you've now got another Fijian winger yeah. who basically scores every time he plays at Combank Stadium yep. as well, too. No special. better combo, is it, than... Uh, well, a really good combo, as I mentioned yesterday, is pasta on top of... Pizza, right? Which I may or may not have had last night, and I went on the scale. No, no, no you got to carbo the night before, not two nights. <laughs> no, no, yeah. But the Mike Acevo hand in glove with Combank. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You know, what other combos are hand in glove? You know, like Steve Menzies and Cliffy Lyons. Oh, on the yeah, text yeah, line. Yeah. Matt oh, Burton four, five, and Adokar will be the new one. There you go. Yep, Cody Walker and um, yep. AJ. And yes. you just mentioned Cliffy Lyons. I spoke to Cliffy during the week, and isn't it just remarkable watching Cody Walker play? It's almost like a, a time warp. Watching, watching him, he's just got so much more time yeah. and space. And I was talking to Cliffy and he said, basically, he reminds me of me. <laughs> he, he said that, Cliffy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a big rap. Yeah. Huge rap. One, that's what Joel said about Tedesco. The other, we were talking about Tedesco yesterday and Joel said he reminds him of Joel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course he does. Um, Panthers are decor, by the way. Thank you very much, Seal. At Ackle, 18 wins. 19 losses, one oh, draw. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Of course, that goes back some time, but uh, one game in 2022 where they won 26-22 versus the Rabbitohs in round 23. Keep the text coming through. We'll get to those on the other side of this. Uh, this is Crunch Time, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can also text 0457 736 736. Crunch Time brought to you by Isuzu. Gutherson, extra number. Panasini slices through, gets it down. This is Brown together now with Moses. Throws long. Wonga Blake all in front of him. Steps inside. Savage scores the try. Improves the position. It's a glorious pass from Mitchell Moses. Well, three metres out. Marnie goes left side. Madison. The no-look pass. Junior Barlow running like the zip-zip man. The crowd go up. They enjoy it. Not as much as Junior. 20 nil is the scoreline. Near point a minute here at Combank. It's a flogging. For Parramatta Reels, there we go, we're back on. Uh, this back. is Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Now we're here near Hyde Park 
William Street. You'll probably run past here tomorrow, won't you? Well, think, I haven't looked at the map. I think you go towards Centennial Park, so you probably come up. Maybe not. You might go Surrey Hills way. I'm I, not I, sure. Let it's me know mystery. throughout the program whether I should look at the map or not. You might be able to be, able to have a sneaky look. Yeah, yourself. I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Um, just, just what you, know, you ducked off to the bathroom. But breaking news: oh. Adrian Prezenko has taken himself to a quiet part of the room. Oh, he's on the blower. He's got the notepad out, the pen out. Wow. There might be breaking news coming out today. He's got a real serious look. He's yeah. nodding and winking. So, so have you just... Have he's, you just... he's mouthing nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> have you, for the first time, just done breaking news about potential breaking news? <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm breaking that the, the, our, our lead reporter is breaking something. Uh, I'm assuming following up probably injuries, suspensions from yeah. last night. He'll be all over it. He'll be all over it. So yeah. then... then there were five. Five teams left in this competition. We know that Parramatta or the Cowboys will be off to the grand final. So for both, would be an amazing achievement. You think about Parramatta, who has been such a long drought. I think you'll find they had the longest prelim finals drought in the competition. They hadn't been to a prelim final since 2009. But the vibe there was outstanding. I only caught the first half. I was at, as I mentioned, my daughter's formal. But... They just seemed up and about the crowd. And it's so important to have that wave and army behind you. Dream start for Parramatta. Wunga Blake gets an early try, so that settles the nerves. What did you make of it? Well, I think, firstly, the the people at Combank Stadium better be worried because last time they won a grand final, they burnt oh, the stadium yeah, down. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> so, right. So we better have some fireys at the ready if, if Parramatta <laughs> win another grand final. I, I just thought... I didn't think it would blow out like that, but Parramatta have the ability... Once they get a little bit of uh, a little bit of a roll on to just blow teams away, um, super impressive, and and they go now for me into the second favourites to win the competition. Second favourites. Second favourites behind Para. Well, they yeah. are equal at the moment, five dollars fifty, courtesy of Sportsbet, alongside the Cowboys. So therefore, that's a hint to next week's market. It may be a flip. Even of the coin. money. Yeah. yeah. Well, the impressive thing was that they only conceded one try, and that was against the run of play. And even when they got well ahead, they didn't put, put the foot off the gas. They put Mitchell Moses back on after he passed his HIA assessment, which yeah. I didn't think was a good idea at the time. But it spoke to the intent that we're not, we're not done. We want to finish these guys off, and we want to take that momentum into next week. They should have had another try as well. That forward pass that got oh, forward. that was terrible. That wasn't, wasn't it? even forward on, on replay. And, but they're going at speed, so when you're at speed and you yeah. pass, you know, the ball comes with you a bit. But even... On replay, it was a shocking call. Sorry, boys. Brooks is just taking a photo. I just need to get the chin out a little bit. There we go. <laughs> play on. Oh, oh we're live, are we? Uh, hello, people. How are we going there? Who are we going <laughs> for this? You know what would be funny, Matt, James, uh, is that this whole thing about forward passes, apparently one of the things that the commission is talking about is the putting the microchip into the ball and you have that forward pass that's technology. That's fair dinkum, is it? That's fair dinkum. So there's... Is that our breaking news? Yeah. So that's, that's one thing that will be discussed in the off-season. There's a UK firm, which is been doing those sorts of things with rugby and they reckon that definitively you will be able to tell if it's come out of their hands forwards or backwards they tried it during the NRLW season and they reckon they detected six passes during that and the refs probably erred on a couple of them or, or they didn't agree with a couple of them so and they've been testing it in the background for some games as well so there you go. Maybe we'll be able to have a definitive answer on yeah. that Dylan yeah. Brown pass. So yeah. just to be clear, it's the ball is not... I imagine it'd be far easier tracking 
has the ball gone forward or not, yeah. but it's actually going to determine, has it gone backwards out of the hand? Correct. Because wow. as you know, you can yeah. throw it backwards and then it can float forward. Which, which I dare say was probably the situation with oh, that Dylan time. Brown pass. Big what about time. the other situation? He just had some breaking news. You were over in a the corner there mm. and you had your notepad out yes. and it was shorthand city, right? Mm. Yeah, I've You're tried to read, your I've tried to, like, yeah. I've tried to read his here. notes. I can't <laughs> read them. It's shorthand. Can it be shared or is it vault stuff at this stage? Oh, nothing to be shared yet, but, but as, <laughs> as, as the game unfolds, so well, yes. perhaps in the second half. Oh, well. You know, we'll just see. We'll see how we go. Okay, so this relates to next week's game? Oh, potentially. I'm just looking at, you know, if Parra would have progressed, what would it mean for the club financially, for oh, instance? Okay. I mean, this is a club that hasn't been in the grand final since, what, 2009? Before that, it was 2001. And you just think about, you know, what can be sold in terms of merchandise. They've already sold up all of their memberships. But I'd imagine the following year, if they were to make a grand final and, dare I say, it even win one, it would be a massive windfall financially for the club. Do you think Peter Wynn just sits back and goes, oh. Peter Wynn's Thor, and that's in Parramatta, isn't I'll it? I'll get yeah, you, yeah. mate, pretty. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing, too, is that with the T-shirts that they print now, the, the merchandise, yep. they do, the technology's changed with that so that they would already dummy up like a... Premiers. A, yeah, Premiers T-shirts yep. or a Parramatta... Panthers grand final for argument's sake. They can do that beforehand and all they do is press the button with what, 10,000 of those. They could be available, you know, the next day basically. What about right? this first tattoo for Adrian? Oh. Eels, Premiers, yeah. 2022. You're assuming oh. you have the first tattoo and, oh. and you'd be right. <laughs> can I ask you this? Like, in, in a real serious manner, yeah. like, you, you, you know, you, you're so regarded in the role you do, but you're also a long-term Parramatta fan and that's okay because... Just because you're a journo doesn't mean you can't also be a fan. And yep. many of the fans of the journos are Buzz loves the Sharks, yep. Webby loves the Dragons, you love Parramatta, uh, Dean Ritchie with Manly, yep. Ricky O with the Sharks, and, and that's fine. Paul Kent with think, Ricky Stewart. But what, 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 what do you do? I wish you were doing the live stream on that. Uh, what do you do on grand final day if your beloved Sharks, sorry, Eels get there? Do you turn up with your notepad, your pen and your shorthand, your wicking yep. and nodding, or do you just go there decked out with the family in the Parramatta attire? No, I'd, I'd be working. Would you? But, but I think that would be great because if it did happen, you'd actually go into the sheds afterwards and you'd be oh, interviewing the good. players and yeah. you'd go to the post-match press conference. But I think every, pretty much everyone's got a team, if, even if you work in the media. And that's part of the reason why you get into the job because you love the game yes. and you love a particular team. Yeah, for me, I grew up in Maryland. So like I... Um, the first unit we purchased backed onto Parramatta Park on the Westmead side, so it was basically one roadie away from, <laughs> yeah, from yeah, going yeah, to yeah. the game. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a, it's been the sleeping giant for a long time. Like, they have all the natural resources, like, they've got a, a good junior base, brand new stadium, um, cashed up leagues club. Yep. Everything's there, a, a rusted on supporter base that has been waiting for 36 years. When this thing pops, it's going to go insane. Okay, so say you get your dream, Parramatta's won the grand final, right? The, the witch is dead again. Ding yep. dong, the witch is dead, right? Who's got that coveted Clive Churchill medal around their neck? It's got to be Mitchell Moses. Gotcha. Yeah. Like 100%. He's the, the factor. And that's why, one, I was aghast when he, he came back on when he didn't need to. And then Jack Wyden floors him. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, no, what if, he, what if he doesn't get up? And I, I thought, you know, there's only 10 minutes to go. What are we doing? He has to stand up, and he has so far. And I think over the last two or three years, he's just improved a little bit. So he's had, for a while, Andrew Johns that was there as a half consultant coach. Um, I still remember the, the story that Joey told me that um, 
he took him to Warren Ryan a couple of seasons ago in the off season. And Warren Ryan's a straight shooter and he and you know he doesn't mince his words and he said, mate, you've got to do this, you've got to not do this. So it, for instance, he said when you're coming out of trouble and you're just tucking the ball in, you know, in behind of one of your forwards, you're just saying the job's too hard for you. That it's you know, yeah. you're giving someone else the job. It's like you have to find ways to create space, momentum, time, so that your team can move up the field. That, that's all about playing off the back foot. And I think he's taken a bit of that to heart. He's got the blinkers on. Missiles brought up the track for tomorrow. Now, okay, let's get stuck into this. Uh, Mitchell Moses' best ever finals appearance. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, the, ba the battle up front. June, what about this trend we're seeing with nudie runs being broken in finals? So, Taumalolo hadn't scored all year. Toby, Ro Toby wrote... Easy for me to say. This had a stroke. Toby, <laughs> Toby Rudolph, Rudolph had not scored all year. Yeah. Junior Barlow had not scored I feel like Toby probably wanted the nudie run, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a showman. He was a bit disappointed. He score. was disappointed. He looks like a naked man. Yeah. Have you so, ever had a root... Have you, have you ever done the nudie run? Uh, no. No. I, 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 he, he was on the end of the back line. He, he, yeah. He, but age, all through age groups, nah, never? Nah. No. Nah. I, never had, I never had one either. Sugar. Yeah, yeah, prolific. Yeah, yeah. So, can I just bring something up, boys? In fact, we'll talk about the Raiders first before we do this. They started with two wins from their first six. They overtook the Broncos late, where it was an unbelievable slide into the uh, top eight. People are saying Stewart's best coaching season? Question mark. Uh, I reckon the 2019 year had to be his yeah, best better. coaching season. Yeah. Um, Pass mark? Do they end up with a pass mark? Absolutely. Yep. When you consider that Josh Hodgson has been out all year, Jamal Fogarty uh, was out for a big chunk of the season, and what a difference he made when he came back. Um, we saw, you know, Joseph Tarpanay is, has probably emerged as one of the premier front rowers. I was watching him, Tarpanay, last night. I noticed in the first five or six tackles, they couldn't get him to ground. Yeah. No. Like, they just couldn't do it. No. And, and he'd stand there, and it would let him... You know, have a quick play of the ball, and you need three or four in numbers to, to try to hold his momentum. Have you interviewed him in person? No, no, I haven't. He must be bigger than he looks. Oh, he's really tall. Or just strong, because they yeah. can never... You see blokes yeah. ripping it's at him, and he just stays tall. Yeah, yeah, he's super strong. So if the, you're a Cowboys fan, I reckon you were cheering Parramatta on. I went, I've already did the tapes looking ahead to next week, and Cowboys comfortably handled Parramatta earlier in the year. Is that the one in Darwin? Well, that's, in Darwin. That was the madness of it. Of all of the teams that you can take out of your comfort zone and take to Darwin, because that's Parramatta's home game, yep. you want it to be a Canberra or a Melbourne. Oh. You do not want to take on the Cowboys in the tropics. It was madness. It was taking sand to a beach, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, that's what it was. They should well, have done Bulldogs, that. Bulldogs took Cowboys in Bendigo. Yeah. Like, seriously. No, yeah. Bundaberg, sorry. Uh, yeah, Bundaberg. Bundaberg. Yeah, yeah, same, Bundaberg. Same deal. Yeah. Sand or beach. Yeah. So, whereas Canberra really challenged the Cowboys. Now, that's one game, okay, so you can't put everything in on that. But I think they'll be pleased, and I watched their game plan. There was a very determined way they went about it. No doubt they'll go for the same angle, but uh, it is massive. If the Cowboys... Well, just back to the Clive Churchill boys... It is human, right, to validate your own selection. So is it still the Australian selectors who pick the Clive Churchill medal, Adrian? I don't know. There have been a lot of changes around yeah. selectors too, and now Peter Valendis is now part of it. He's the chairman of selectors for yes. the Australian team. So I'm not sure what, what, how that's going to work because normally you've got guys like, I think, Laurie Daly, etc., that are um, Australian selectors and Darren Lockyer, and yes. they've stepped back from that role, so I'm not sure who's going to be selecting that. Yeah, it'd be point. interesting, because the reason I bring this up is 
It's very rare for a player to get the Clive Churchill medal and then not go and represent his country if there are international games coming up. If Mitchell Moses won the, the Clive Churchill, I'm not 100% certain he that he makes travel. the he, squad. He, he couldn't travel. He, you know, he's not going to leapfrog Nathan Cleary or Daly Cherry Evans, no. um, who are obviously going to be in front of him. You've got Ben Hunt will go on okay. tour as well as a hooker slash half. So this is a loaded question because I've backed a player at a big price for Parramatta to win the Clive Churchill. If you could see... Sean Lane. If, Sean Lane. There you go. If Sean Lane, ha if there, Sean yeah. Lane has a blinder in yeah. a grand final, he gets a jersey and a ticket overseas. Think, Is that fair? I, I think yeah. he would, yes. A anyone else in that team? Regan Campbell-Gillard. Junior Barlow? Yeah. Well, he's, junior well, he, he's already... Dedi uh, so he, he's, he's playing out. for Samoa. He's yeah, out. so I, I think there's a little out? angle there with Samoa. Yeah. Sean yeah. Lane. Do you, do you agree with that, boys? Yeah, I like it. I he, like it. He has been tremendous in the back well, half Well, of the, the season, two they were tossing up between, right, was Hudson Young and Sean Lane. Based off last night's performance, I thought Sean Lane had more impact on the game. Yeah. Hudson Young is a player when, when the team's got momentum, he can get on the back of it, and he yeah. does some freakish stuff. Uh, the going got a bit tough last night, and a couple of those Raiders players had trouble turning the momentum, I yes. thought, which was a big change from what they've had the last few weeks where they've kind of been in the game the whole time. As soon as the score started to get away a little bit, it, it looked like White got a little panicky. Hudson got a little panicky. They, they just went looking for a bit too much. Uh, we are live from Hyde Park House here in Darlinghurst, William Street in Sydney. Feel free to pop down. There's a, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of swans scarfs actually a lot of Collingwood scarfs as well because the AFL not too far away which will be broadcasting from 3 p.m. AFL Nation City Swans taking on the Collingwood Magpies it's a bumper and then we have the call 740 the Cronulla Sharks taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs myself Gary Belcher Tim Manis Bud Carroll but this is crunch time all thanks to our great partners at Robson Civil and brought to you by our great partners Robson Civil join Robson Civil Projects jobs at robsoncivil.com.au and it is up and about. Sydney has put on a magnificent day for a magnificent loaded fixtures here in Sydney. Swans taking on Collingwood. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Sharkies. Winner goes through to take on the Panthers. Winner in the AFL goes on to take on the Cats in the AFL Grand Final next Saturday. It is a big, big day. Hyde Park House, if you want to get involved, there's a text here, Sugar. Uh, I need a sugar hit. Where are you? Oh, we are at Hyde Park House up here on William Street in Sydney. Head up towards the Slim's rooftop bar, and we are here ready for you. We're here. First beer. First beer. The this no is sugars. Is this, do you call this pre-workout? Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> the, uh, the no-alcohol beers, so we're about oh, to do that. Okay. We'll play on. Beautiful. Uh, that's what you do in the pub. Um, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the way to have your say. Hi, boys. Has Kilometre... Tungy declared his allegiance yet. If he continues his current form, he must be close to the Australian team. Good luck for your run, Shug Tathra Eagle. That's a very good question. Well, we were just saying yesterday he was selected in the Tonga train-on squad, uh, but so too was David Fafita, and he's also been selected in the Australian squad. So I'm not sure at what point they need to pick which squad they go for. I haven't, I haven't heard much about Chloe Matungi and where he's he's declared for but he played for Tonga is David Fafita in the same boat is David Fafita in the Tonga squad Tonga and, also and Australia Australian train on squad yeah so if he's on a train on squad does he wear like a Tonga singlet with Australian shorts or what's he's doing plenty of kit yeah plenty of kit what was your when you played uh, including juniors best kit oh and do you still have any kit you, like, 
Do you have a pair of Tigers shorts that you could wear tomorrow? Or nah, you, you, my favourite kit. Yeah. Right? Are you talking about training or playing? My, my training, you know, like tracksuits yeah, or yeah, 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 like yeah. stuff that you can wear socially. Yeah. Um, uh, I reckon. I don't reckon the Cronulla touch as a coach, mate. Their their kids are outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But as a player, do you still have your Port Macquarie Sharks jersey from when you played oh, I there? I don't, mate. I don't. I've I had... still got my Port Sharks jersey. Do you? Yeah, still got it. Number twelve. Well, I tell you a true story. I had to do a. Um, a junior rugby league day, and I yeah. played for so many junior clubs, but I do love the Port Macquarie Sharks, so I had to borrow a jersey off Jeremy Lattimore. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. What number was on the back of that one? Oh, it was, Eight or ten, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was higher yeah. than any number I ever wore. <laughs> uh, keep them coming through. Sugar, the Eels need to study the Chooks tactics in the game versus the Cowboys. The Chooks lapped North Queensland by 30 in Townsville and lapped North Queensland by 30 at SCG a few weeks ago, Bondi Jack. Yeah. That is a very, very good point. It is. It is. And I was, I was at that game at the SCG. A lot of ball movement. Um, just ran the Cowboys into the ground. Um, so I reckon... And the Eels did that a bit last night. A lot of offloads yeah. last night. Whenever the Eels are offloading... Well, not whenever they're offloading. Whenever the offloads are going to hand, the Eels look a million bucks. Yeah. I don't... And that's the type of thing I reckon we saw. And maybe this is why Penrith have had some trouble with Parramatta in the past. I don't think you can beat Penrith in a steering comp. Yeah. I don't think you can go the journey with them end-to-end. You've got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know what, if they go through to the grand final, Cowboys have got that flamboyant style. Parramatta have got that flamboyant style. Now, it's got to click. Yeah. Because Penrith are going to turn up and go, okay, here's our eight and a half out of ten. We're, yeah. we're just going to do that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you've got to go and put nine on the board. Yeah. But both teams can. So it's going to be a fascinating grand final. But remember, uh, aren't there yet. Remember in the drive home yesterday, you said uh, you expected Dylan Brown and, and Gutherson to be good because they were quiet the week before. Yeah. That came true, didn't it? Yeah. Both of them, hands on the ball, huge run meters, setting up tries. I, I thought that was a difference in performance from last week to this week from the Eels, was those two going from, I, I think Adrian said, Dylan Brown self-assessed himself at a four out of ten. Yeah. They were probably both... Eight, nine out of ten last night. Who are some of the great fictitious journalists? Uh, Lois Lane, she was a, a great fictitious journalist. I think Gladys Craven. Gladys Craven. Who was Gladys Craven in? Well, there was. You know who it was, don't you? Gladys no. Craven. So, so Gladys Craven was the pseudonym or the. Um, oh, so an actual journalist. So an, ac- an actual journalist at the Herald was writing under the pseudonym. Gladys Craven. Is that right? Yes. How from, long did that go on for? For many years. Really? Yeah, but how, how many of those years did people know that it wasn't a real person? Did they know? Oh, oh no, everyone knew. Oh, that, right. that was the whole thing. But yeah. they, no one knew who was actually writing it. There's the mole as well. Yeah. Although who everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, But he, he, he makes it very clear who that is. <laughs> well, no yes, there. Hello to you, Tony. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell us about Gladys Craven. So it was one of those gossipy columns yeah. that you can probably... Get What's away with buzz? more when you don't have to put yeah, your yeah, name yeah. to it. Staff writer is so, the new Gladys Craven. Oh, oh that yeah, is, yeah, 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 That's some of the the rot that gets written under staff writers yeah. is absolutely disgraceful. It's yeah. very Daily Mail, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so, so are we allowed to share Gladys Craven, or is that a forever secret? Well, I think Let I, me I'm Google assuming it. I'm assuming most people know. Okay. Um, but I, just but, hold fire on it. Oh, we'll okay. see if the board lights yeah, up yeah, with okay, who Gladys. I don't know who Gladys Craven is, but I love the story. Uh, hey, Miss Ol, just a shout out to all those Bulldog supporters that listen to Crunch Time. 
the Canterbury Bulldogs are taking on the Jets New South Wales Cup team. The semi-final is live on Channel 9 at 3pm, says the old Berry. Thank you very much, old Berry. Any other updates out there, whether it's grand finals in local league, let us know here on Crunch Time. 0457736736 is the way to have your say on the text line. And you can also uh, call us at 1300-01-1170. We are here, all thanks to Robson Civil, and we are based at Hyde Park House up here in Jesse's Lounge, 49 William Street. Pop up, there's a hive of activity. Uh, we actually need a few more leagues here. We're being dominated at the moment <laughs> by AFL types. Get up here at Hyde Park House. This is Crunch Time, brought to you by Robson Civil Projects. Yeah, welcome back. For Robson Civil Projects and a uh, hive of activity here. We're here at Jesse's Lounge, Hyde Park House, 49 William Street. It is just getting ready to fire up and set the scene, isn't it, Mel? one 1170 to have your say now. The world's richest greyhound race, Tab Million Dollar Chase, is not too far away. And our man, Brad Adam, from Greyhounds New South Wales, on the line. G'day, Bradley. Morning, Joel. How Afternoon, I should say. How are you? Now, that's okay, mate. Uh, now, 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 now. Pressure. Some eat it, some get eaten by it. Simon said to us off air last week, he said, boys, Brad, the guru, the doyen of Greyhounds, Brad Adams, coming on next week. But I'm going to give you a few tips. They're going to win. I'm going to drop the mic and then hand the baton to Brad Adam. Uh, he was outstanding. We saw last he, week. Yeah, he picked a $7 long shot last week yeah. and it romped at home. So no pressure, Brad. Also, I've heard Simon Orchid. He's actually been summoned back to Rio. Oh. To the, yeah, to, to stand in front of a court. He, <laughs> yeah. he may or may not be in a Brazilian prison as we speak. Oh, right. Yeah, so replaced by Brad. But yeah, Brad, Simon's been in outstanding form. So you're going to have to tip us some winners today. Yeah, look, hopefully we'll be able to find one. But yeah, look, of course, the Million Dollar Chase is our, uh, is our feature at the moment. And it's all the talk. And last night at Webworth Park, we had uh, the semi-finals of the Million Dollar Chase. Um, and for those that don't know, the Million Dollar Chase, obviously the world's richest race, it starts in regional New South Wales. We have heats and series in the, in the, in the country towns. And then last night, all those winners, they all come to town, 64 of them to battle it out. Eight semis, the winner goes through for the chance of winning a million dollars. And and look, this is just some of the storylines that we got out of last night. A 19-year-old trainer from Orange, a, a husband and wife that have got three runners in the million-dollar race. Um, million-dollar Pete is going for his third million-dollar chase. And, and a husband and wife team from Nowra that 18 months or two years ago was uh, evacuated with all their greyhounds because of the bushfires. So, look, it really has thrown up a, just a plethora of great storylines and, and the Million Dollar Chase next week is surely, um, you know, the one place to go and, 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 you know, try and find a winner next week. Hey, Brad, this is a corker. You've come up with a beauty here. So you've spoken about the storylines and, you know, those chasing the ax, actual Million Dollar Chase. You know, the dogs themselves are trainers and... The owners, but what about those attending? This is a cracking initiative you've come up with, mate. Um, you're right. Uh, what we thought was, uh, what more do we want to do than give a, a greyhound owner and trainer a million dollars? Let's give somebody that comes to watch that race a million dollars. So, you're right, anybody next week that comes through the gate, uh, they purchase a ticket to come in, it is $20. Uh, that $20 goes to our Greyhounds as Pets uh, rehoming charity. 
they come in, they scan a QR code, and they go in the drawer to be pulled out. And then if, they, if their name is pulled out on course, they win 10000 straight up. Wow. And then if that's not good enough, then Fletch and Hindy are going to see that they come up and they get a 1 in 100 chance to draw an envelope to win $1 million. Oh, what do you do, Joel? What do uh, you do? What I'd do, I'd go and see Brian because he's generally very connected to say, oh, Brian, do you know which one of you? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. Um, that's, that's fascinating, Brad. It's a great initiative, but look, that's not going to get us any money here on the panel. So, and, and many of those who can't get to the race listening, we've got the pens out, the crayons, pencils, highlighters. We're ready to go to and jot down just, these. Just by the way, Brad, tips. we don't mind. Which track this is at? I don't mind if this is run on a beach in north, far northern yeah, Queensland. Yeah. I just want winners, Brad. Just winners. Beautiful, righty. Look, all, I can only focus on Wentworth Park tonight. Um, Wentworth Park tonight, once again, we've got uh, heaps of uh, what we call our Young Star Series. So the dogs that win tonight will be going through to a $25,000 final next Saturday night on Million Dollar Chase Night. Um, I've got two good things. Race eight, number four, Tanya Keeping at Wentworth Park. And then if you want to do a double up, because not great value, but let's put them together, straight into race nine, number one, Magical Mavis. So that's race eight, number four, Tanya Keeping. And just by the way, a little side note for you, Tanya Keeping is trained by John Finn, who has three dogs in the Million Dollar Chase next oh. week. So red hot kennel, red hot kennel, and just the dog to follow. The Tanya keeping into race nine, number one, Magical Maven. Uh, you know what, Brad? Um, so I said, you know, our listeners get their highlighters out, pencils, crayons, pens, etc. cetera. Uh, Missile doesn't even bother. He just whacks it straight in the bed slip. <laughs> it's already We're there. We're on. <laughs> we are on. He's already spent the money. Yeah, he has. Multied up, multied up, $2.80. We're on. Beautiful. No pressure, Brad. We appreciate your time on this Saturday afternoon. By the way, if you could have one team win over the weekend, who would you want to win in any code? It's got to be the Swans this afternoon, doesn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. All up the Sharkies. Good on you, Brad. Great to chat. Good. Thanks, boys. Good luck. It is the world's richest greyhound race, the Tab Million Dollar Chase, Saturday, September 24. Now, from 4 o'clock today, it's the Swans and the Magpies. Jared Waitley, who's calling out of his skin. Hutto, Lee and Cameron are going to do that, and then they hand the reins back to us here at Allianz Stadium, where we'll be this afternoon. We're here at, currently at Hyde Park House in Jesse's Lounge, 49 William Street. Pop in, uh, have you say. Uh, we are all about the listeners here. one 1170 that's at 7.30, the Sharks taking on the Rabbitohs. Joel, myself, Badge, Spud and Timmy Manor. one 1170 we're here for Robson Silver Projects. A break it back with me. Uh, yeah, welcome back to NRL Crunch Time. We're here live. James the Missile Magnuson, Adrian Pazenko, gun writer of the Sydney Morning Herald, Hyde Park House and Jesse's Lounge, 49 William Street. It's a magic day here in Sydney. We're looking forward to this, so feel free to pop in and have a couple with us uh, as we look forward to the big preliminary final, which is the Swans taking on Collingwood, and then we have the big semi-final of the Sharkies taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Text line 0457 736 736. This one for Adrian. Adrian Gladys Craven. Can yep. they take a guess? They said this is Billy coming in from um, yep, yep. Southport. Well, he but, said but, he, uh, he's saying he's a buzz. 
No. Definitely not Buzz. No, so this this is a, a column that ran in the Herald sort of, I think, eight, late 80s, early 90s. And I've just gone to pull a couple of headlines out from the season of 1993. We're talking about April, May. I'll just give you a couple. So there were, it was sort of like Gladys Craven and Harry Craven, right? So we've got this one, Tattoos and Togetherness. Another one was <laughs> Sharks Pull a Swifty as E.T. rages in disco. Oh, <laughs> no, that's good. Right. You'd keep reading that one. Oh, right? oh, you wouldn't you? Oh, Gladys, you saucy minx. Mm. Cap under fire again. Cowboys told to snub Bella. Well, well, Big Marty well, Bella. Hang yes. on a minute. Yes. Hang on a minute. This brings me to another text here uh, from Rocky. He said, uh, Adrian, were there any second thoughts when you dropped the salary cap story? that you won the award for, did it hurt releasing that about your own club? We'll answer that later. Are you Gladys Craven? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. No. It's quite a bit Pickens. before my time. Okay. Quite a bit. Yep, and there was um, salary cap chook raffle is right. another one. Okay. So, so there was, yeah, it was pretty spicy stuff, like Cowboys told to snub Bella. Like it was basically Danny Widler and Phil Rothfield, but, you know, 20 years before the time. E- excellent, excellent. And what about the food here, gentlemen, uh, here at Hyde Park House? Outstanding. Outstanding. The, the carb loading continues. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Um, have you say 0457 736 736. There's screens everywhere. We've got the AFL getting ready for that. We've got the rugby league, the racing, and uh, I'm avoiding this map at this point for the half marathon <laughs> tomorrow. On your missile, missile, great lead in Eels Muzz. He's up and about. Uh, morning, boys. Looking forward to the call while stuck at work. Love the show, says... Braden from Perth. Great to have your company, Braden. Sugar, I'm in Wollongong working on the UCI. Here's the map. Get familiar with it. Guess where the highest part of the course is? It's the middle of the City Harvey Bridge. Tiger Ray from the Gong. Ah, there you go. Is that not flat? The Harvey Bridge, Bridge. No, no, is a slow incline, but, he, but he's saying ah, that's the highest that's the point. the highest point. That's the best news I've heard all day. Yeah, so there's no real big hills. No, no Terry. could be all right then. No, no Terry. No, no. Did you so, play with Terry Hill? Yes, I did. What's he like? Very different, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. So, what's he doing with himself now? Because he was I don't on know. TV a bit there, and he was on Lowe's ads, but I haven't seen him in When a while. he wanted to play, right? So, our head trainer at the West Tigers in 2000, a bloke called Tony Green. Yeah. Great, great fella. And Terry had had a quiet season the year prior, gets signed by the Tigers as the number one signing. Yeah. He was the highest paid player. So him and Tony Green struck up this relationship, right, where he got Terry so fit. And Terry was playing out of his skin, you know, marking people like Jamie Lyon and schooling. He was just on fire. But then they had a falling out. So to the point where, you know, the following season, Tony Green would say, righto, boys, we're meeting at Centennial Park and here's some leads where you can buy your bikes cheap and we had to get the U-boot bikes. And Terry turns up to Hyde Park with a bike with a basket on the front and uh, tassels on the side, right? Spoky dokies? Yeah, it's exactly the light, right? It was the slowest bike in history. And Green, so they've had a fallen out. So, Bernie said, Terry, what's this? Rips into him. He goes, when was the last time you saw someone score a try on a bike? You know? And, and, and he had the shits about that, but he, he was a great, great character on the field. But I remember, oh, here he is, actually. How are you, mate? He's a great character on the field. And uh, bad luck. Happy with the run, Hutchie? Bit wide, yeah, tried to get through them. The great man here, yeah, yeah. So, so Terry Hill, right, um, he, great character, and he was the prize signing for the West Tigers. Now, 
part way through the year, I'm playing a bit of fullback, playing on the wing, right? And I'm playing on the wing with Terry. And having loved Nathan Blacklock as a player who would always come in and lurk around and look for activity, right? I would try and do the same. So I was never on the wing. I was always in field. If I wasn't playing fullback, I was on the wing, but in field hunting for action on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And then Terry started calling me Fernandez, right? <laughs> I said, well, why are you calling me Fernandez? He, he said, um, he said, mate, I'm the highest paid player in the team, right? You're making me look like a winger, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So what's the song um, uh, Fernandez, uh, beat it, basically beat it back to the wing? Is uh, that an ABBA song? I think it was an ABBA song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he basically said, Fernandez, get back to the wing, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, that, it, that's... Ph- Physique-wise, uh, Terry Hill, was he a tall man or...? Yeah, big, 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 big guy. I'll tell you a true story where he had this real natural strength about him. He, he, even if he wasn't working out too hard, he's just a naturally strong, strong man. Yeah. Luke O'Donnell turned up to the club. And Luke O'Donnell was sort of a quite a naive kid, you know, built like an Adonis, but quite hard a guy, yeah. hard guy and had a great career, premiership winner, played for Australia and New South Wales. But Luke O'Donnell turned up and he'd get the PI double five taken out a bit of it, bit of it. And he would sort of wrestle people and he was too strong from Terry Hill, who couldn't really bind Luke O'Donnell, said, I'll take you on. <laughs> so he, and Terry Hill had never been beaten. Luke O'Donnell dusted him. Wow. And from Ooh. that day, Terry Hill loved him. My man, my man, my yeah. man, Luke, my man, Luke, my man, Luke. And then Terry would start putting him forward. This kid should be playing rep and, you know, and, and yeah, it went yeah, like that. Yeah. So... Yeah. So my, my memories of Terry Hill, uh, whenever they do the fashion of, fashions of the field on the footy show, they'd go to Dafto Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there he'd be. And the other thing, his probably greatest legacy is the fact that he took on legally the validity of the draft That's and right. won. That's like, right. That was massive because, you know, he wanted to, he thought that rugby league players should play for whichever clubs they wanted to sign for. Yes. And not be drafted. And since then, every attempt to introduce a draft, whether it be internal or external, Gone. That's exactly right. It was. I, I remember this. I'd never heard the term before, and I said, "He's such a cluey." You can tell he was a bloke who grew up, who was very street smart. Right? He'd hung around a lot of adults. You can tell that. And I said, "Oh, what do you think about this bloke as a coach?" He goes, "Him? He's the minibus." <laughs> I said, "He's a minibus." He said, "Yeah, I'll call him minibus." And I said, "Minibus? Why do you call him minibus?" He goes. He's half a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, mate, he was a great character. Good great player. character. Very yeah. good player as well. Very good player. Very good player. Keep your texts coming through. 0457 736 736 is the way to do this. This is Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. You can call 1300 01 1170. Text 0457 736 736. And for those into the social media, tweet. At 11.70, SEN is the way to do that. Just repeating, we are here at Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge. So if you're heading out to the games this afternoon, come and pop by here, 49 William Street, Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge. The missile here is here. Uh, so too, our man, Adrian Pazinko. I'm Joel Kane. break him back with more. Brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call 1300-01-1170. Text 0457-736-736. Tweet at 1170-SEN. And the food's coming round, which is magnificent. Thank Fried you to Viv and Mel. Fried chicken. Is that, is that part of the pre? 
half marathon plan. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Load up on fats. Oh, the fats are good. Yeah, fats are all right. Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. all, right. Yeah, all right. They're an energy source. Okay, keep them coming through. Uh, I met Terry Hill in Thailand. He was staying at the same place as I. Uh, he wasn't a fan of him as a player, but he was the nicest bloke. He invited us to sit down and have a beer with him. Great bloke. That comes from Fit Smithy from Melbourne. I'd love to do like a where are they now for football players. Yep. Terry Hill would be a great one. I've, like, I've, I've just forgotten the name. Yeah. Yeah, because was, was he on the footy show? He was on the footy he show. Was. Big part of the footy show. Yeah. Great character. Great character. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, one of his best stories. I just can't tell it on air. I'd love to tell it on air. <laughs> it, it's a cracking Remember story. Remember when he used to wear that sort of gold sequin vest thing or That's whatever? Right. That's when he'd go out to Dapto Dogs. That's and, right. That's so right. good. He interviewed a bloke, right? And he looked like Abraham Lincoln. And, and he became one of the most popular characters. And everyone was laughing at this Abraham Lincoln lookalike. Yeah. It's my uncle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, but, but how he came across, right, is nothing how he was the smartest guy or is the smartest guy, Jimmy. He, many, many years ago, he basically bought up half of Kemp's Creek. Wow. Right? So he, he looked ahead what could happen. So that they're looking at the airports out there, etc. He bought half, he, multi-millionaire. So, but people would see him and sort of laugh at him on the footy show. Abraham looked alike, dog trainer. Very, very, very smart, shrewd guy. Did he like the way he was portrayed on the footy show? Couldn't care. Yeah. I don't think he cared. But he, he, had enjoyed, the, had the, the, he enjoyed sort yeah. of... Yeah. Well, he kept, he kept turning yeah. up, so he yeah. must have enjoyed did it. Did he have the sideburns? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... What did Aber- Did he have sideburns that came down around towards the chin? What do they call them? The, uh, Never touched. The chops. Pork chops. Pork chops. Pork chops. Pork chops, yeah. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. call them those. So keep them coming through. Uh, Adrian, I'm glad to hear the NRL actually testing something before implementing it. Not the norm with six agains and high shots in bins, which they've bought in on a limb, but disastrous results. Maybe well, Valandis is learning from his mistakes. Love the show, fellas. Rock from Gosford. That's the really interesting thing about that is because yep. everyone is concerned that if there's more technology and more intervention, it'll slow down the game. But I've spoken to the guys who've done it. They're literally... One of the guys is like a NASA scientist. Wow. And he said that you can actually detect it within a split second. Like so just point... repeat for the listeners joining us what you're referring to and you're talking about earlier. So we were talking earlier about a Dylan Brown pass that was thrown last night, which the officials said was forward, and we thought was line ball, probably could have been let go. But it's obviously a contentious pass. Yeah. And what the NRL is considering is introducing this NASA-style technology where they put the microchip in the ball and they've got these other sensors around the ground and they'll, you'll actually be able to find out if the ball comes out of the hands forward or backwards. And yes. they reckon it's 100% definitive and they reckon that you'd be able to get an answer within like a fraction of a second. So straight away you could tip the bunker or the referee, done. Now, just on innovation and testing things, I want to bring Brooksy in here because I was talking to him off air where I had a thought last night, right, where we're just about seeing a HIA or multiple HIAs every single game. Is that a fair comment? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the last game you saw where there was not a HIA? No. No. Okay. And off the top of my head, without having actual numbers around this, I believe there's been a lot of kickoffs. Now, kickoffs is the most... You'd have, when you talk about G-force and collisions, yep. we're kicking a ball so deep, there is an army of people charging in, yeah. and then there's one person who's wearing a badge of honour who's surging <laughs> into the... No, but they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're sacrificial lambs. Was sacrificial that Harawira Naira last night? Harawira Naira, yeah. right? 
because when there's many people trying to make the tackle, it's hard for your positioning. It's all happening so quick. I reckon there's an over-indexing of HIAs caused by kickoffs. Now, in any given game with the kickoffs in the first half and second half, you throw in tries, there may be any number of kickoffs, right? And that collision, and I know people get off the bit when you start dickering with the fabric of the game, but is, there's nine or ten or eight or seven, whatever it is, collisions a game that we could remove by changing that rule. And I'm not just talking about the National Rugby League. Do we need under-16s at Park Football doing kickoffs with these collisions? Um, what do you think about this? Innovation committee. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things there. One, that's one of the highlights of the game, right? So yeah. do you remember that famous one where... Mark Carroll? Or, or even um, where there's a, a line dropout yep. and the ball goes to Sam Burgess and he charges straight at Mick Ennis. Oh, He's yeah, like yeah, half yeah, his yeah. size. Yep. Yeah. And, and Mick Ennis, to his, you know, to his credit, puts his body behind him and, and actually goes yeah. and, and takes him on floor. And like, stuff like that's one of the biggest highlights of the of the whole season I reckon y- yes um, but okay okay yes yes maybe yeah. and, and and we do need entertainment yeah but do we need kids at park football no, doing that yeah, well yeah. there's there's on, on the park football front there's a, a group that's called the concussion legacy foundation which is recently they formed a chapter in Sydney and it's got a guy called dr. Chris Nowinski who's a neurophysicist neuropsychologist um, he says that Kids shouldn't be playing tackle footy before the age of 14. Really? Yep. So he reckons, like, yeah, and that, that includes, you know, heading balls in soccer, basically to save their brains. Wow. I've, I've got a story in tomorrow's Sun Herald about the 18th, 18th man in the activation. Because at the moment, it's a very high threshold. Like, you need to have three blokes yep. can cast yep. HIA fail yep. before you can activate it. So what the Rugby League Players Association and Clint Newton is saying is it should only be two. And if you're worried about gaming, so to speak, like people are phoning concussion to get an interchange, what you could do is once your team gets an 18th man, the other team gets an extra interchange as well. So that all of a sudden, that whole thing about, oh, they've just done that to get a free interchange. Well, okay, let's pull the bloke who's in danger out of the fray. The other team gets an interchange. And they're also saying that if, whether it be for concussion or any other reason, if three people get injured, whether it be a hammy or a you know ACL or whatever else, activate it, get off, get, an, get I, your 18th just, man on. Something to me which is bleedingly obvious is this, right? We have an 18th man who's kitted, warmed up, trained on. And I yep. don't even mind if there's a 19th man, right? Why Why do we need to specify before? If, a, if the game is about entertainment, right, and Mitch Moses goes down, right? Or Jacob Arthur, for example, is a very good example where he yep. sat on the bench... Why, if the game's about entertainment, why do we need to specify four? You've got eight interchange, right? Have six, 4,000, I don't care on the bench. You've still got the eight interchange. Why do we need to have a person kitted up sitting there? Just involve them in the game. Well, do you understand? Why do we limit it to four? You've yep. got the eight interchange. Just well, well, the other thing is, if you've got more than four, like a lot of those won't see game time. So like, that means that they don't get to play a game in Reggie's. Yes, but the 18th man is already there. So, yeah, yeah. so let's just focus on that for now. Yep. So have five on the bench, right? Yep. And whoever, however the game plays out, HIA or not, have your five, remains at eight interchange, and pick who you bloody want. If, somebody go, if Tedesco goes down with a, with a head injury then you could call on Adam Keir and say Manu can go to fullback, for example, or if a dummy half goes down, you can pull on. Well, why do we need but to have I four actually, and not use the person I who's already there? I actually like that it's very tactical who you put, the, the four that you choose. So 
some coaches will go with four forwards. Some will have a utility, whether it be like a Connor Watson style. Um, you know, Jake Arthur, for instance, for Parramatta, that's a risk, like yep. having a halfback on. Um, and coaches use it really differently. Like, we've talked about it before, Maggie, where Brad yep. Arthur usually plays a 15-man game. Like, two of his interchanges, two of the guys on his bench don't normally get a lot of game time. So Same I actually thing like, last night. I actually like the fact that it's four, and you have to be a little bit tactical about how you use them. Just on the uh, kickoff idea, Joel, what would you do instead? Just a tap-off? Uh, I, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know if a tap-off would pull it. I, whether it's got to be a... Sh- I'll tell you what, what I'll do is this. I spoke to Brooksy off air, and Brooksy, oh. for our listeners, they know that... And look at this joint, by the way. Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge, is absolutely heaving. Get up here, 49 William Street. The place is a buzz. We'd love your company. But, Brooksy, we're talking off air about this, and I'll say... This is my view. And quite often I'll sort of hit Brooksy up before I go and blast the, um, the radio audience and to say, what do you think about this? Now, yeah, Brooksy, you... No, Brooksy. Sure. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, you, but you had a different point of view. Yeah, so March 2011 NFL owners meeting. They moved the kickoff location. 2011? 2011. 10 years ago. 10 11 years, years ago. ago. Wow. Because they've been quite ahead of the, with the concussion stuff. We've talked about it with James Graham. So 2011 March, they moved the kickoff spot from the 30-yard line to the 35-yard line. So that extra five yards has made kickers kick the ball past the end zone dead, which is a 20-yard touchback. So the drive will start from the 20-yard line. It's ineffectively taken out the kick return role on special teams, but removed a lot more of that collision. Because the teams are running from that 30-yard line, let's say, to where the where the punt returner or the kickoff returner catches it on the 10, 15, as close to the end zone as possible. That's what you want to do as the, the kicker in NFL. Get the ball as close to the end zone as possible, but then you've got the 60, 70 yards return, similar to what we've got in NRL where you've got 50 metres. You're trying to kick it into the end goal. Players are charging in, as we heard on the second episode of that James yeah, Graham yeah, yeah. podcast, Head Noise, where he launched himself at Hamlin Ueli from 50 metres out. Hamlin Ueli's running from the in goals. The collision hit his right shoulder, broke his left leg because of the force going through that collision. The NFL has basically got rid of that contact from the kickoff because they've had so many collisions where it's head-to-head, shoulder-to-head, head-to-shoulder. It's just eliminated that process. There are kickoffs that are being returned when they are kicked short. But ultimately, most of the kickoffs are going past the end zone for a 20-yard touchback. But even those kickoffs returned, they don't have the same build-up or momentum that no. the collision, right? And, and the other thing you spoke about was, um, well, in fact, just on that, NFL ratings have not suffered as a result of the rule change, has it? My other idea, which won't get there, but I, I genuinely believe, right? So I'll give you an example. My daughter, right, she wanted to start playing rugby league. And... I wasn't comfortable enough at the time because the field is so heavily populated. So I said, go and play rugby sevens. So she played rugby sevens and there was nowhere near the collision. Now, where I'm going with this is rugby league for 130 years or however long it's been around has had the same field dimensions. But it started off the game. Someone's back to Cordy. Um, <laughs> but it started off with 13 on 13, five metre rules, People who were working in pubs during the week, they weren't professional athletes. Fast forward 130 years, we still have 13 or 13. 10 metre rule, interchange, people are fitter, collisions are far bigger. I 
I don't think the game would suffer dramatically if it was dropped to a 12-a-side game or 11-a-side game. We're not going to make the fields bigger. I don't believe... Because the, the athlete is bigger, faster, stronger to cover that same ground. I don't think the game would suffer at all if it was 12-a-side. So the interesting thing about the collisions is that they reckon it's about 9G when you talk about G-force, which is basically what a fighter pilot goes through. And they reckon that you do that for more than... 10 seconds, like, you'll black out. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like, when, when two Fords collide, that's the sort of G-force that they're experiencing. And, and obviously, what, from what you're talking about, off kickoffs. So it's just finding that balance in that, A, that's what we love to see, but B, like, you know, are we going to end up with more concussions, legal dramas, all these sorts of things that will end yeah. up changing the game anyway? If you hit that G-force as two props off a kickoff, if you hit that nine Gs of force... Even if it's just body to body, does that flick the lights off for a second anyway? You know when they see you see them in those simulators, they blink out for a second then come back? Well, that's what uh, the SEAL back in the studio, he's saying the latest Top Gun. Yeah. Maverick has to hit the 9G or 10G, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And, and yeah. the pressure they're under. Yeah. So it might put the lights out for a second anyway on that first impact. Yeah. Do you remember the, the biggest impact you ever had nah. off a kick return? Well, that's or... the point you... you... I actually got the worst one I got and I can tell you well the person is very prominent in Australian sport at the moment like very very prominent but what had happened there was a trial game and I don't really want to say who it is where I had the ball and I was playing 5-8 for the West Tigers and I came across and took somebody under so that exposed my temple to the person and the person came on and went bang straight on my temple the hardest hit. It's, it's the most dramatic concussion I've ever had to the point where my wife came into the sheds. Everyone was quite concerned. Ricky Stewart at the time went down and said to the player, you're out of the club. Like It was a very cheap shot. Wow. He, he sent him straight out of the club. It was right, And, 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 and as I said, they're prominent. I'm not going to ever say who it was. But immediately they were pushed out of the club and I had no idea for about two days. Who, you won't be able to guess who it was. Um, <laughs> I had no idea who it was for about... Uh, who I was and my wife comes in and she's pregnant right and the boys and I had no idea she was pregnant right and then Mm. the boys start cheering up saying she's having twins and it was all just lost (laughs) on me right but yeah it was quite like it was that's the heaviest concussion do you worry about head knocks now I've got no doubt that it's going to it does and is going to impact me but you know what like a Formula 1 driver um, you go into it knowing the risks or what you think it is. So I'm, I won't be pushing anything. I, if, yeah. if there's a class case, for example, I won't be part of it. The game's been very, very good to me. Yeah. Um, I, I would never be part of that. Yeah. But Sugar, what you're saying sounds really radical, but you know, we took the shoulder charge out of the game and the game hasn't really suffered. I no. know that that was a spectacular collision, but when you look at the risk and reward in terms of player health and safety... It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Pardon the pun. Well, I think so, but more to the point, uh, you know, not a very, very small percentage of players make it to the NRL. You've got all these local league parks with kids who are never going to... Some kids are never going to make it but love their sport. Do we need to really expose them to that? Like, for what? You know, like, what for the 100 people watching it, do we actually need to really... Do we really think if we take the kickoff off that, that, you know, junior league numbers or A-grade numbers are going to go through the floor? Is it really worth having? Well, it'll probably be the reverse because the, the mums don't want to expose their kids to that, yeah. do they? Yeah. So that, that's my view. And I'm, I'm a father of four. 
three play tackle rugby league. One plays the, the, um, the tag one. Okay. But um, Sugar Missile and Prozza. The 2022 Premiers will be either Penrith or South. If South stay healthy, they would be my pick. Don't forget, they came within a whisker last year with no Luttrell. Um, keeps coming on through. He clearly is in fine form last start, but has failed to ice two Origin Game 3s. And the 2020 Grand Final, by the way, of only three. 1% of the Australian population are interested in the NFL. Adrian Rousey, I don't agree with that. 1% of the population. No, uh, be above that. They're 0.3 of 1% of the Australian population. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe yeah. that, Adrian. Just no. a couple of ideas on, on kickoffs here. Rooster Men sent through a couple. Firstly, we should encourage short kickoffs and say it can't go. Well, that's grow, a mathematical no brainer anyway. Can't go more than X amount of metres. You know, like, so, yeah. well, what's rugby? You go for the short kickoff so you can get it back. Could but they even, kick long if they wanted to? But even kicking from the 40, yeah. the, well, that 10 metres are winding up for the defensive side. Even kicking from the 40, you'd still, you'd still have a bit of collision. You'd still have the option to just dink it into the, the goal line or um, play short. It would help. Yeah. Can I ask, who started the short kickoffs this year? Because every team's doing it now. The, the, the dropouts? Yeah, the dropouts. Yeah, but this is the thing, Adrian. Yeah. Is that it is? Look, this, I don't understand mathematically how this has not happened. Yeah. Do you know how, how much easier it is to do a short kickoff mm. off a still tee ball not moving than it is to do a dropout? Yeah. I don't understand where you could get yourself to be... If you've got four or five blokes coming through where you can... You don't need to catch the ball. You can extend the hand up, tap it back. Four or five versus one who's trying to catch it half a foot below you. Yeah. You're 50-50, I reckon, and practised. To get the ball 35 out from them or them 65 out from you, it's a no-brainer. The amount of times they get it wrong is just beyond belief. It, it yeah. beggars belief, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like you just think you'd be training all week and you'd be practicing that. But I, I just wonder, like all of a sudden, everyone's doing it. I just wonder who started that this year. And obviously, they've done the math and they've said, like, if you do that, you're a 50-50 chance. I think it was Des. Yeah. Okay. I think it was Des. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, heaps of texts coming through. We'll get to those uh, very, very shortly. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457 736 736 at 1170 SEN if you wish to tweet. And don't forget, if you want to come and join us here at Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge, 49 William Street in Sydney, it is buzzing. A break and back with more. Yeah, it certainly is. Plenty of text coming through. Hot number rights. Uh, short kicks for blokes with little feet, if you know what I mean. i tell you what, just on the dropouts, the degree of difficulty, A, you've got a bouncing ball, right? But then, and golfers will appreciate this, B, you're not kicking it 100%. So whenever you've got to have a golf shot that you've got to hit 75% or 80%. Oh, it's a hard shot. It. You, you shorten the backswing or do you just swing not as forcefully? That's the thing. So, so it's such a hard kick, whereas yep. the kickoff, it's actually a very easy kick to yeah. short off a still tee. It's a very easy kick. So I'm shocked that we see the ratio of so many short dropouts. And I understand the answer will be, oh, yeah, but teams like defending with them 10 out. Yeah. But the mathematics of kicking off short, and, and I trust, I promise you this, right? The moment one team starts doing it, and I've said this for 10 years, every team will be doing it, Yeah, which is actually better for the game. Sugar, when you, in your day, were they still using sand or did they have the plastic tea going? Uh, we, we had the sand and then onto the tea, but the tea 
my, my, my first kicking tee, I would, I'd make it myself. I'll never forget. Oh, really? Yep, so Out getting a, cone, get, a, getting a witch's hat, hat yeah. a, a small witch's hat, yeah. and then building my sort of prototype and then tracing around with black pen, yeah. then getting a Stanley knife onto it, yeah. and then sandpapering it back. That, that was my very first kicking tee. Was it Hazimel Mesri the first guy who actually had his own no, tee, so to speak? Daryl Halligan. Halligan, so Halligan I, I had the Daryl Halligan kicking tee, yeah. and it had numbers, so it was just a, a, like a, almost like a, a mound, and then it had numbers on it. Depending on what sort of kick you do, you'd press in the number. Oh, that's right. And that's how it would set up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. a ripper. Well, Pat, Pat Richards probably just around the time that you were playing at the Tigers during their sort of premiership year, he was the one that really started those wonky kickoffs that would spiral, and that'd be an absolute nightmare for whoever had to, whoever was under it. Pat Richards is the reason why Ben Hunt has had nightmares for many years. Yeah, because Kyle felt copied what Pat Richards had introduced. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Keep the text messages coming through. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. In a preliminary final in the City Shield back in two thousand sixteen, two current NRL first graders played against each other. The sides were Mounties versus Peninsula Seagulls. The players were Mike Acevo for the Mounties versus Jack Johns for the Seagulls. Acevo wow. scored something like 35 tries in 25 games. Jack, who was playing at six that day, got noticed by Newcastle and played 20s a year later. Statsy from Freshwater. Uh, keep them coming through. Um, love your stuff, boys. Um, Joel, Adrian, and Missile. I was impressed with Eels' performance last night, but still have reservations about their ability to go all the way. Despite the praise that Ricky gave Parramatta after the game, the Raiders were extremely disappointing. The Raiders' defence, particularly in the backs, was paper-thin at times, and the number of offloads the Eels were allowed, even with three plays and a tackle, was not up the first grade, let alone final standards. Great result for Parramatta, but I wouldn't be getting too carried away at this stage Ooh. from an old Berry. But they can't do any more than that old Berry. What I will say there, yep. though, I've got a, a view, because I didn't get to see the second half. As I mentioned, I was at my daughter's formal, yep. right? So I was fascinated. Like one of the things I had to see was I'd love to plot the downloads for the coaches' press conferences. Ricky would be a high rater, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, Uber rating would be high. Yep. So I thought, oh, I want to see this. What's re-? And it was quite... Very magnanimous, wasn't he? Very magnanimous. But, you know, I had a feel, uh, theory about this. He's so passionate, right? My wife's like this, very passionate in the moment, and they're just... You know, they're just right into it, right? I was worried about that. I was going, man. Yeah, yeah. No, so, no, 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 I, I had to start wording things, right? I was going to say they ride it hard. I don't, I don't want to say that. It's a four-second delay. We'll be yes. right. But they were well beaten a long time out. Yes. So he hadn't he hadn't literally been heartbroken by a game. He had, gone down there he had 60 minutes to think about, time to think of, about of football, about how he was going to respond. Yeah. And the thing is... Do you he, agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And he would be a high raider. And he was magnanimous, and he gave praise to Brad Arthur, which was you know, the right thing to do. But he also did get a few points across, i.e., if we had our full complement on deck, yep. we'd be in the top four. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that, we don't know that, though. Do you agree no, with but, I don't agree no, with I, that. I don't agree with it, but that's the point that he made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just keep that there, Brooksman, for the time. Oh, OK, Brooksie. sorry. No, so what we've got this beautiful chicken in front of us, which we clearly can't eat on air. We thought that Brooksy was going for the one-on-one strip monster like, <laughs> and we thought, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Well, there's two in a tackle here. Just calm, calm down. <laughs> That'll be a penalty. Keep them coming through. Mark, what if they kick off from the 40-meter line? Therefore, the kicks will be shorter and the run-up of the forwards will be shorter and the impact less. Yeah, th- th- there is ways to do this. And certainly, we have New South Wales Cup, 
Queensland Cup and there's avenues. And even if it takes a year, so for me again, I think there's an avenue. I, I'm absolutely certain, and I wasn't great at everything at mass, sorry, everything at sport uh, school, so I can't even talk, but maths was my go. And for me, it is bleedingly obvious if it was 12 aside or 11 aside, you would naturally have far fewer HIAs. I'll tell you what was an opportunity lost. Usually in the last round, when there's a game involving two teams that aren't in the finals, oh. they sometimes road test a couple of new things, as long as they get the buy-in of the coaches, yes. etc. And they've done that in the past. That's how the captain, captain's challenge came to be. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't avail themselves of that. But I, I would have thought that that would be the perfect time to road test some of the stuff that you're talking Adrian, about. Adrian, I said to it was about round 10 or round 12, so you could quickly see where this competition is going. I said to Fletch on the run home with Joel and Fletch, I said, Fletch, I have had a look at the last month of Sundays in the draw. It's raining dead they, rubbers. They were bludger games. But, but I said this in round 10 and 12. Yep. I said it's raining dead rubbers. We need to have something. And I know people hate rule changes, yep. but trial something at least. And, and yep. what it also does, it gives an extra interest to a game that's currently worth nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, keep it coming through. You can make the rule that the kickoff can't go further than 40 metres, for example, says Roosterman. Encourage short, short kickoffs is another one. Could they make trial matches 11 or 12 aside, play quarters, test making the game safer during the season? Seal, very, very good one. My memories of Luke O'Donnell are from the 2005 Tri-Nation final in England where he took on David Kibble after Dave threw the ball at him when a scrum penalty was given. Dave was... Uh, gave him a hot and the Kiwis went on to win. Oh, jeez. If Dave gave Luke O'Donnell I don't remember hot, that. I don't remember that either. I don't remember yeah. Luke O'Donnell ever getting a no, hiding. he's a machine. Yeah. He, gave, he gave Dave Taylor a hiding in Origin one year. Oh. Did the jumper punch, grabbed him by the jumper and was jabbing Bang. him with yeah. the jumper. Oh. Smashing him. <laughs> Mate, yeah, honestly. He was, um, and he had his jersey ripped in half. He was really jacked Luke O'Donnell, oh, wasn't he? Like wasn't a very he? muscly guy. He was, and... Did he, str- did he struggle on the social scene, Luke O'Donnell, or the ladies? Oh, sort of... hell no. Yeah. I figured as much. Hell to the no. He was, he was okay. Don't worry about that. Joey, you, you talk about um, having less players on the field. I think that Warren Ryan has sort of advocated at different times that there's a good game there. Whatever the magic number is, take a couple off. Or it, so you've got the walk in your corner, I think, on that front. Yeah, but even like only going back last Sunday, so less than seven days ago, Five of the eight tries were scored by a team with 11 or 12 yeah, men. Yeah, you're right. So it, it's it was bizarre, wasn't it? They will cope. It will be less, far less populated by, you know, those two things. Drop it down to 12 or 11, which will get a lot of people off the bit, but will adjust and will realise quickly that it has no impact on the on the spectacle of the game. And then do something with the kickoffs that will dramatically reduce that's, HIA. That's one of the beauties of our game, as opposed to the 15-man code rugby. You've got a thousand extra rules and two extra defenders. Like yeah. it's it's that's why you get so many boring spectacles. Correct, correct. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. We're live here at Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge, forty nine William Street. There are six chicken wings just staring at us saying come on pick me we're about to do that we are here at Jesse's Lounge 49 William Street Hyde Park House don't forget to have your say 1300 01 1170 and we do that all thanks to Robson Civil great supporters of the show more to come after this follow Crunch Time on Dabble go on have a dabble gamble responsibly call 1800 858 858 Well, a bit of a blood lo- uh, bloodbath last night, but it doesn't matter. We'll continue. Scotty Sattler, how'd you go last week on the punt? Again, one short, uh, which is South oh. and Roosters game. I had everything going 
going great. I had uh, Angus Crichton as first try scorer, then uh, Alex Johnston any time try scorer, and uh, but the Roosters to win and um, South Sydney uh, were the eventual victors, Joshy. So again, just one too many. Did you have over sixes for the uh, sin bin rule? Oh, listen, you should have seen... You should have looked ahead. You should have had a market for that. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon it was incredible, wasn't it? Um, look, what about what did you think about last night? Yeah, I, 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 it was unexpected. I, I didn't think that Parramatta would uh, would win by the margin they did. I thought leading into the, to Friday night, I was starting to sway towards Canberra a little bit, but I've got to say, Parramatta, they really answered a lot of critics and, and have sent a, a really stern message to the rest of the competition. So it's going to be interesting. They'll now go and play Townsville in in Townsville next Friday night and we'll see the winner of tonight's game, of course, play the Penrith Panthers out of, out at uh, Penrith Park. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting final series, no doubt about it. But let's talk about some of the winners on the app. We know that you can follow experts and People that know what they're talking about. Uh, Kalen, he hit a $51 same-game multi on that Rabbitohs-Roosters game last uh, last week, which is absolutely fantastic. And a, a punter that we always talk about, the Cast Patrol, a bunch of blokes that just know their stuff, they had an $11 multi as well. And 42 dabblers hit that copy bet button, which is great to see. But let's talk about the Crunch Time NRL team who have been in great form throughout the series. And we'll get your thoughts on this one, Stats. So today's game, Sharks obviously taking on the Rabbitohs. Johnson again to score any time. Uh, Ronaldo to score any time. I love it when he pops up on that wing. And Cronulla, eight and a half uh, points the advantage there with the handicap. What do you reckon about that one, Sats? Yeah, not bad. Alex Johnson, his strike rate has been absolutely amazing this year. So it sort of resembled a little bit of my bet as well when it comes to Alex Johnston. Uh, one try for the game, but Rabbitohs, one to 25. I think with a couple of the Sharks players, key players being out, Roy Hunt mm. and also Sissa Talakai, with those two players being ruled out, uh, it looks as though that it all heads towards South Sydney. And in saying that, even though they've been really good defensively this year, South Sydney really could do a job on Cronulla tonight. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see. Obviously, a lot of punters were giving the Rabbitohs a, a shot in this final series. Last week, they were paying 21 bucks. obviously, after that win last week. Of course, you can download the Dabble app, have a go yourself, put on whatever bet you want, or follow the professionals and the, the guys that love having a punt and know their stuff. Uh, super easy. You can always copy their bet with one click. And uh, obviously, spring racing is back in action too. So if you're interested in the ponies, uh, plenty of tipsters, uh, putting their bets up, which is always great to follow and see the multis. Uh, but obviously, follow the Crunch Time NRL team. Follow, follow Sat13 and go on, have a dabble, dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Until next week, Sat. See you, Joshy. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tonight on SEN, the Cronulla Shark. Yeah, welcome back to Crunch Time. All thanks to Robson Civil Projects. Now, Mans has walked in red cap, red and white scarf, and it's not it's not the Swan scarf actually. It is the South Melbourne Swan scarf. Oh, that's a diehard. Actually, were they the South Melbourne Swans? Is that right? Bloods. Were they the South Melbourne Swans? The great Hammy Goodman. Come on, Hammy, have a chat. Have a chat. So, just to be fair, he's doing a bit of OT here. Our man Hammy, he's doing a bit of OT. Also, he's not working. 
by, the, by the way, Hemi, a lot of pressure today. Yeah. The amount of people I've told Josh Dacos, 25 yeah. or more disposals. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, gamble responsibly. I've got a sneaky feeling the top ranked, top weight here, top ranked six bucks. Oh, they're coming for it too. $5.50. But Hemi, yep. you've got the South Melbourne. I have. So... You're a Canberra boy, right? I am a Canberra boy. How did the Swans get into your blood? Well, they, they used to play a couple of games a year, sure, at Marnica Oval. Is that oh, right? So yeah, they brainwashed yeah. me at an early age. See, that, that, that helps doing stuff like that, doesn't it? It does. It certainly does. So um, I've, been a, I've been a member since 2000, I think. So, um, yeah, looking forward to hopefully wins. I'm a bit nervous, I've got to say. Yep. I think uh, that line, pies of the line, might be a look as well. But uh, fingers crossed we can get over the top Are you genuinely nervous, eh? I am, I am genuinely ner genuinely nervous, yeah. Wow. What was the line against? Seven and a half. It's big, isn't it's it? It's big. It's big. And they've got a Jordan Degoey on fire at the moment, the pies. Uh, you know, they, they gave Geelong a good shake in, in week one, only lost by a goal. Um, and they smashed Brisbane last night. So I'm a little bit sweaty, but fingers crossed. On the surface, you look calm and ready. Uh, <laughs> James Magnuson has Jordan Degoe's best mate living with him at the moment. That's trouble with a capital T. <laughs> <laughs> We're a Swans household though. Yeah. Swans stronghold. That's good. He rocked in from the airport last night to Collingwood Scarf on. He's actually here today. We'll get him out. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, no, you know, it's just, I've had an epiphany and this is not good for you, Miss Ol. It, it sounds good, but it's not, trust me. If your team, your beloved Swans, get up, Hemi. Yeah. Jordan Degoe could be in Sydney on Mad Monday. He could mate be in Monday. You could be on the, the Collingwood Magpies yeah. Mad Monday. Hang on a second. Did you say you had bad news or good news? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good news now. Ask me on Wednesday. I'll tell you how good it is. What else you got, Hammy? Oh, look, I don't know. It's just a, a cavalcade of sports today, yeah. Shug. If the Swans win, I'm every chance to cross the road yeah. and, uh, and head over to the NRL. Yes. If they lose, it'll be it'll be emotional stuff. Now, I've seen many, uh, what do you call yourself, the Bandosaurus Rex, but I've seen you <laughs> at the gym many times. I'm doing a half yes. marathon tomorrow. You're doing a halfy? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Balmoral, across the bridge. Nah, across the bridge, the Black yeah. Moors. Yeah, Blackmoors. Yeah. Blackmoors. Yeah. Have you ever done a halfy? I haven't. I did the city to surf a few weeks ago. Did you cruise by it? I cruised through, and uh, and the Swans won that after. I should have done a 10K run this morning. That would have put him in good stead. Yeah. I, had this, I did go for a walk with my mate Will here around Kirribilli this morning. I had the Swans budgies on as a good luck charm. I'll so. tell you, we used to work with the bloke, Mitchie Parkins. Good fella, right? Good fella, and sick for his bunnies, right? And bunnies had that big drought. And I'd say to him, and he'd get in his head, he loves his training. I said, Parko, mate, you've got to earn it. You got There's a hill about six kilometres away. You've got to run there today and back up the hill. And he'd have to do it. Get himself. I said, mate, you've got to earn it. So yeah. the fact that if he didn't earn it, he could be responsible for South City winning the comp. Well, Hemi, yeah. have you earned it? Have you earned it? Well, I'm, I'm chewing my way through a beer, so yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll earn it in beers today, hopefully. Uh, I hope I've earned it. Should we actually had it at the gym this week. Funny you mentioned we had testing week at Rebel in oh. Paran this week. Oh, and it was nice. PB Central. Oh, Paran. Wow. Ah. Yeah. That's very highbrow. And, and I did a PB in the Swans budgies on Monday with the deadlift. So that's a good omen for today. It. You've earned it it's for It's a morning. good omen for yeah. today. Yeah, that's a good omen. Yeah. Luke Parker, can he win the, um, the the Norm Smith? He can win the Norm Well, they've got to get there first, yep. should. Yep. Um, fingers crossed he can, but uh, we'll just focus on today first. Sorry, I've lost your attention. Top rank, 50 metres to go. It's top rank, the number one seed. And top rank's going to get there. Oh. And we're looking forward to the next two. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Top rank goes all the way. And the punters up and about on this Saturday afternoon, talking about earning it. Yeah, well, Great to have your company. Sure, thanks for having me. All the best today up go there, Kazali. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. There you go. The great Hemi Goodman, one 1170 is the way to have your say. Joel, I agree with most of your mad professor ideas, but more players on the interchange of the Judy Dench would bring less fatigue unless you reduce interchange to six. 
Well, 8-7-4, I'm happy with reducing it to 6 as well. I've got no problem at all with that as well. That's another good suggestion. Have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do that. Hyde Park House is where we are. Jesse's Lounge up and about on this Saturday afternoon. 49 William Street. Plenty of time still to join us. So breaking back with more. Yeah, normally a two-hour show, but we're up and about on this Saturday. And, of course, after this, we go to the AFL preliminary final. The Swans taking on Collingwood. And right here where we are live, Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge, 49 William Street. There is, I've never seen so many scarves in the middle of spring. They are a scarves supporter base, the yeah, AFL yeah, fans, aren't they? Yeah. Do you think it's because the jerseys are a little bit too much skin? Maybe. You'd feel weird like rocking in here with the singlet on, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You don't come in with the jersey, do you? No. So you're represented by the scarf. Yeah. My missus is very keen on the, she's very keen on the idea of the, the AFL jerseys on the NRL players because <laughs> she reckons they've got the more impressive Warwick Farms on oh. them. So she said for, for viewers' sake, and for, particularly for the female viewers, they should go the singlet-type jersey. Well, why wouldn't they do that? What about the tight shorts for the NRL blokes? Tight, yeah. Some of them are already... Paul Vaughan wears some very tight shorts. But in terms of uh, female viewers, even if they did for the nines at the start of the year, the yeah, singlet what, jersey... What would, stop, what would be a reason not to do that? Uh, I, I can't think of one. Is it the more tackling that you want to have sort of... I don't know. No. Haven't the jerseys changed too? Like, I remember as a kid buying jerseys and they were like so loose on you. They were massive. Yeah. And now they're almost like spray on. They're super tight. Well, I've got, okay, here you go. I've got a 1998 Dragons jumper, St. George Dragons jumper. That was the last ever Dragons jumper for the St. George franchise before the merger came. It still fits me today, right? The West Tigers jumper for 2000. Mate, my. The 11-year-old does well to fit into it. Like oh, it, it's, it's amazing how it all changed. I just thought of a reason. Remember you used to wear the Steedon shoulder pads? Oh, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah. I went, when I went back to Port Macquarie last, I had the Steedon shoulder pads, the Steedon headgear. Yeah. Some of my mates even used to wear the torpedo yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cork pads. And the biceps. Some would have the biceps and still do. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be a while. But you know you'd had a good game when uh, you had like... So it had the padding, and in between the padding was like a mesh uh, that, that oh, connected yeah, yeah. the padding. So you know you'd had a good game when at the end of the end of the game or the end of the day, you'd take the shoulder pads off and you had the mesh imprinted on your yes. shoulder because yeah. you knew you'd been yes. driving with the shoulder. Yes. Yeah, but if you took the shoulder pads off and no imprints, yes. you'd probably been grabbing. How old are you, Miss Old? 31. How old's Latrell, Adrian? Check it out for you. There's about... Five years younger than he, me. He'd I still think. be quite young, wouldn't he? Yeah. I reckon yeah. 26. Yeah, 26, that'd be about right. I reckon 25. 25. Yeah. Wow. The Feels like he's been right around there. forever. So the reason I brought that up is that Miss Ollam herself, the uh, mid coast of New South Wales, Port Macquarie yeah. Sharks, yeah. just down the way in Taree, there's a young kid coming through yeah. who's just making waves to the point where I read an article today, and I think it was a Daily Telegraph, Tommy Bishop had referenced. Latrell as the sludge, Stevie Rogers. You know, if you can contain him, Sharks can win the game. Well, the interesting thing is that as they were coming through, and again, these are names that you, you actually hear about these kids before you see them, but that's how big the raps are on them. The idea was that Sh- Shaq, his brother, was meant to be every bit as good. Is that right? Ball-playing ball prop compared to Arthur Beats. Wow. Fell out of love with the game, like yeah. blew out to like something ridiculous, like 160-odd kilos or whatever else. Yeah. Has come back. 
to the point where he's now in the Rabbitohs system. Yeah. And he actually played alongside his brother, Latrell, which is you know, a massive yeah. achievement and, and great for the family. So excellent that he's actually fulfilling some of that potential that he yeah. showed. I remember growing up in Port, there was a few names you always used to hear about. So you'd hear about this bloke from Kempsey. He was a freak, unstoppable, 5'8", Albert Kelly. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Progress. There was a guy playing second row in Foster who was a freak giant of a man. The? Jamal, Ed- Jamal oh, Idris. Oh, Jamal Idris. Yes. I think I say Boyd Cordner. Guy from Old Bar, Boyd yes. Cordner. He was in the rep teams, and, and, and my mates, who was a year below us, my mates played reps with him and stuff, said, yeah, he's pretty good, but he's quite, he's quite thin for a second rower, oh, so wow. he just blew up. Um, and then you heard about this young kid. So when I, by the time I was sort of 18, end of school, people were talking about this really young kid from Taree, and that was Latrell. So it was just at, at that time a breeding ground for elite talent, absolutely you, elite just, talent. You reminded me of something, Boyd Cordner. So my father-in-law, Wayne Smith, third most capped magpie in the history of the game. So his steam career, played at the Sharks, Jack Gibson got him over there. He had a great career, Wayne. But he went on to be a school teacher, and with his rugby league background, school quickly got him involved in the state teams and all those sorts of things. So he's basically been a coach for many years or involved in teams for state teams all the way through. So he's seen all these good kids come through. And for 20 years or whatever, he'd say the best tackling technique he's ever seen of a kid coming through, Boyd Cordner, right? He said to me about two years ago, he said... Boyd Cordner is now number two. I said, really? He said, he's been overcome by the best tackling technique he's ever seen is Cody Gallon, Gal's young bloke. Wow. And wow. I, said, I said to Gal, I said, and Gal sent me a video, and I said, why is Cody such a, and you know what? He's the most pleasant kid, and, and he's, he almost apologises. He breaks him in half, and he almost apologises. He almost feels bad about doing it, but his timing is so perfect, right? So I said to Gal, why is he so good And at, at his defence and timing? He said, and he sent me some videos, he spent a lot of time. See, we both agree that the kids are brought up tackling the tackling bag. It is so ridiculous. You never once I tackle somebody who just goes, right, Oak, missile, come am. and tackle me. Here and I you am. just run in and dive And you them. dive. It's so bad for their technique, right? Whereas Gal would walk in the kitchen, right, and he'd... He would do it all very, very slow. So Cody's got to get his foot in nice and close, shoulders air, eye level here, bang, and would do it repetitively slow, 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 to the point where he's mastered it. Now, there's a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks in one chapter about, you know, there might be an area where there is so many penis over-indexing from that. uh, Piano players, by the way, for those who who couldn't (laughs) find here at James. Uh, Pianists, piano players, like in Vienna, for example. Yeah. Or tennis players from a certain town. And they go, well, they all practice so slow. So they do everything so slow until they master the art. Whether it's hitting a tennis ball back or making a tackle or playing piano. And that's what young Cody Gallon's done. And and, and what Cody achieves in rugby league, who knows? And uh, He's such a great kid, but it's a big rap from someone like Wayne who's seen all these many thousands of kids come through. Here's an example. So... I did 100 freestyle, right? Yep. 47 seconds. Yep. But pre-season and things like that, I'm doing 80 kilometres a week. Yep. Everybody goes, why so many kilometres? If, if you're a runner and you're walking around each day, you're getting that kinesthetic awareness of what does it feel like to strike, push, walk, 
every day. Yeah. As a swimmer, if I want to get that same amount of hours and that slow repetition, all I can do is laps. Yeah. So that's why we do a huge is body of work. Is that the method work. to the madness? That's, that's the method. Under fatigue, staying to your... Huge, huge amounts of time in the water just to get that same base of work and essentially master your skill as what you spoke about. That, I think it was at... A thousand hours or ten thousand hours, hours. Ten thousand hours yeah. to master a skill. Yeah. That's what we're doing. But also too, like if you walk in the kitchen and it's not always front on like it is for the tackling bag, uh, and Adrian's got a nice little video here, it's he'll have him running away from him, right? He'll have him running away from him and naturally when you're running away from someone you put the palm out. Yeah. So Cody's learning to knock the palm down to go in for the tackle. It, it's it, it is actually quite fascinating. What, what he's achieved with his son doing something like that. Yeah. What age is uh, Cody now? Cody's uh, under 11s. So what age would they start getting scouted by NRL clubs? Oh, 15? I, uh, seriously, probably 15. But they, they, all decent clubs would know that, you know, for, for example, I've got, I've got a rap on a kid who, and I, I won't say, I've put no pressure on Cody Gallen by saying he's got a wonderful technique. That's fact. He just has. Go and yeah. watch him play. And he's got... But I actually reckon there's a kid in Cradulla who I reckon is the next Matt Burton. Like he is, I won't say his name because it's not worth the pressure on him. He's, yeah. 13, he's 13. Yeah. But I know already that, and we've seen many, many kids come through and not make it, and it could be the case for him. If he, but if he keeps his head on, he's the next Matty Burton. This kid's just a gun. You know, he's a, he's a star. And I don't think his head will fall off. I think he's a kid who's, who's going to get it done. And, and some of our listeners out there who know me will probably know what I'm talking about, but... Um, I think that the good clubs certainly... For example, I was speaking to the Sharks and I said, just watch five minutes of this kid, you know. So they, they know who he is. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they know who they are. You were talking about tuck, tackle bags. You could actually... Yes. I just brought up a video. Yeah. And they do this in the NFL and they try to introduce it to NRL clubs who some of them have balked at the expense. But it's a tackle bag and it's sort of like motorised so it actually moves around and you don't know which direction it's going to move in. So like, that might be one of the answers, perhaps, to what you're talking about. Like, How's actually, it moving around? Is there like wheels under it's it? Like, it's motorised. Yeah. It's not, not on a track, is it? No. No, no, it's not on a track. So you've remote got to actually control? try to... Yeah, you can either remote control it or it can do random movements. So. Can I just say this, though? Um, a lot of the rugby... Sorry, a lot of the NFL is on the Astro turf, so therefore more consistent grounding. Yeah. Does that work on regular grounds? I think or? it works on regular ground, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But that, that's just another aspect to like the stationary tackle bag. Yes. Anyone can tackle that, but when you actually have to move and get your shoulder in the right position, yeah. that's another way of doing it. Just on growing up in the country and junior talents, did, did you find when you were growing up, there are some young indigenous kids who are freakish beyond belief yep. that never quite get picked up by NRL clubs or... It's easy you know, to miss, mate. It, it, yeah, it is. There's yeah. sliding doors. It, I don't know. I don't think your sport's easy to miss. You know why? Because it's not subjective. Yeah. Here's my time picking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it's subjective, what we do, and, and scouts can't be everywhere. Like, if you're a good swimmer at school, your time is posted, and you go to zone. Yeah. yeah. And that's posted. You go to regional. So you yep. can't be unluckily unluckily left that's out. That's honestly that's why I did it. Yeah. That's honestly right? why I did it. Wow. Well, yeah. 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 There's I, no I, argument to it. No. No. And that's what I loved. It's like. You want to take your life from here to here, you finish here. Yeah. It's, it's so black and white, that, and it's so much easier to train for, knowing I don't have to impress him, I don't have to be friends with him, my dad doesn't have to be him. 
It's just I touch the wall, I go to the next one. And that's honestly a huge part of why I chose the sport. Well, people know my story. I had one club semi-interested in me, and I'm not going to go over it because 90% of people listening know the story. But it was St. George Dragons, right? And I absolutely stuffed up the trial. Now, who's to say that I don't go back to Port Macquarie and get another trial the next year? We don't know. Yeah. But the fact is, that was my one and only trial. The kid who looks similar to me has a blinder. They get us mixed up. Danny Badiris is that player. And they picked me because of Danny's great game, right? So I could have easily missed out. Many players out there could have easily been picked. It just... I think, you know what happened to me? I went down to this trial. I played, thought I had a blinder. And then the Bulldogs picked up this guy. They got the wrong guy. They thought I was Jamal Idris. They picked up Idris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah, dreadlocks back in those days. Have you ever had so much hype about a player, probably before anyone's seen him, than Joseph Swell? I haven't. I haven't. I don't oh, think probably ever. Sonny Bill. Yeah. Oh, there was a kid... Um, Carl Falinga, yeah. slash Carl McNichol at yeah. the. I think he got. When was he that? was coming? He was coming up through the Shire. Yeah. And they offered him. He was the next Sonny Bill Williams. He, they offered him something like six hundred thousand dollars a year before he'd even played a first grade That's game. Right. What happened? And he then? got injured and just yep. fell off the radar. Yep. The Tau Moga was a highly sprit kid, and he had about injuries. three or four ACLs. Yep. He just. Yeah. What, what year was this? Carl Falinga. What do you reckon? Oh, Early 10s? Mid, 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 yeah, mid 10s, I think. Yeah. And he never played first game? No, no, I remember interviewing him back in the, the day. Yeah. Like, and he was just, he was going to revolutionise the game, as you said, like next yep. Sonny Bill, yep. and it just never happened for him. And injury, pressure, like that's, not everyone handles that as well. I of mean, course. Joseph Swali, he has done an incredible job. Like, I imagine the that. pressure with, that he was under, like, you had basically every code after him. Yep. Yep. You had, you know, um, Rugby Australia's talking about, you know, $10 million offers, which aren't, are correct. Right? They don't have $10 million to, to no. work together. But have you? I think the other one is Kalen Ponga because he yep. was good across every sport. Like, he could play golf. He yeah, could be a professional one. at AFL. He could do everything. He was one of those guys that you hate. He's just good at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think there's almost more pressure now they release the highlights? Like, I'm seeing YouTube clips. I remember Ponga was one of the first where I watched his, uh, I don't know if his manager released it or who released it, but I saw all this schoolboy yeah, footage it was of Ponga. The, um, uh, what was the school called? Uh, Churchies. Yeah, Churchies. and I remember watching this schoolboy footage yeah. of Ponga and he had this white headgear and just going, this guy. Yeah. But honestly, I'd never watched schoolboy footage of anyone before. No. So I'm looking at it going, this guy's a freak. He's the next big thing. But I was comparing it to nothing because I'd never watched schoolboy footage before. But now every I've seen the Suwali highlights. Now every now and then you see there's a freak coming through and you see all their highlights. It's almost more pressure than ever before. Oh, but I, I didn't buy into it. Like, I just, because I've heard this story so many times. So you're right in saying that Suwali, what he's achieved is massive because he's had an amazing season, really. I know his last yeah. game, and of course, he, the fullback didn't quite work out. But, but he, And there's the, the grit to go with a flash. That's yeah. the most impressive yeah, that's right. He, he enjoys the collision right. and the defensive side of the game and running a deep line. There's nothing that he won't do. But, yeah, I've just I've just looked up uh, Carlos Feliga. Yep. He's now 33 years old. Uh, only played the one game for the Sharks in 2008. So he did play a game. One NRL game. Right. And that's it. But okay. also, when you talk about footage too, like every manager now cuts up footage of their client, and I reckon you can make everyone look like Kalen Ponga. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if yeah. you take the highlights of anyone's junior footy career yeah. and put it to music over 90 seconds, they look like a superstar. That's Instagram. Don't they? That's Instagram. Every, yeah. Everyone's 
got the greatest yeah. life of all time. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we publish our highlights. I'm guilty of it. We all do it. That's what yeah. happens. That's the world. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. On to we'll get to Latrell after this, but I want to talk about Latrell. Uh, Andrew Webster, your colleague for Sydney Morning Herald, wrote an article uh, about a goods moment, a potential goods moment. We're going to have a, a break. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is crunch time. All thanks to Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you wish to join us, we are here at Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge, forty nine William Street, here in Sydney. Yeah, plenty of text messages coming through. I'll tell you what, it's been a busy, busy day. We're up and about. Uh, we appreciate those coming through on the text board, 0457 736 736. Uh, we are brought to you by Robson Civil. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. And we are here at Hyde Park House. If, I'll tell you now, last spring carnival, a friend of mine said, we're going to go to uh, celebrate... The Spring Carnival, I'm going to surprise you. He organised the car, in we came, and we landed at this very venue, Hyde Park House, up the top, Slim's Rooftop Bar. If you're organising any Christmas parties, that's the place to be, 49 William Street. Uh, keep the text messages coming through. G'day, Sugar Man, just tuned in. What an awesome, beautiful, fantastic day. Life is just the greatest. I just hope the bus ride home for the Raiders was just as great as I feel. <laughs> Steve from Dubbo. That must be a Parramatta fan. Oh, he loves yeah. his Parramatta. Uh, shout out to... She's uh, many Parramatta supporters, but Walshie has been declaring them all the way through. So he might be in the mix. Back in the 90s, the Cameron Raiders used to hang a bag off the back of a golf cart. You had to tackle it while it was moving, oh, says Smithy to Melbourne. That's very Tim Sheen's revolutionary. Mm. Very re- revolutionary. Maybe the Tigers will be doing that at the Centre of Excellence. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, keep them coming through. However you're listening, 1170 SEN in Sydney, 693SENQ in Queensland, or maybe through the app. Now, your colleague... Adrian, Andrew Webster writes in today's Herald that the NRL might be having its goods moment. Um, Adam Goods, of course, referring to. Paint the picture of Webby's article. I'll take you back a couple of weeks, Sugar. So um, that happened after Latrell Mitchell was booed um, in the first game at Allianz. And then there was a media session a few days later, and I was standing next to my colleague, Christian Nicolusi, who was asking Latrell, his reaction. He said, what was it like, you know, experiencing that? And the second he said the word Adam Goods, he almost looked at each other and just thought, wow, that's a headline. Like, that's a, a yep. big moment. And we obviously know the comparison there. So there are obviously racial undertones yes. with the booing of Adam Goods. Yes. I can understand that the Roosters, it's a different situation, right? So he's a former Rooster. There's the background with Joey Manu and the fact that they rubbed each other yep. basically out of that, that game, of, you know, in a final series last year. Um, and he left the club in somewhat acrimonious circumstances. But the fact that it was persistent, it was every single time that he touched the ball, and he's entitled to you know, express how he felt about it, and he f- felt that it was over the top. Just two differences that I see. Number one, I, I, I don't see racial undertones no. with Patrell. Number two, I only see him getting booed like that against the Roosters. Yeah, I, I go to Bulldogs games and... He doesn't get booed like that. Um, in, in the same way that the Rabbitohs boo Rory Hargraves, because he's the yeah. enemy. Yeah. Um, it'd be a disaster if something similar happened. A disaster. So we've, we've got to look into it. But as, as long as... Shark, Sharks fans aren't going to boo relentlessly. Well, I, don't th- I don't think so. No, they're, as, they're not. As, as a matter of just perspective, like I was talking to Sonny Bill Williams you know, recently, and I said, you were that guy when you came back for the Roosters and you ran out there 
against the Bulldogs yeah, that yeah, first time. Yeah, we yeah. peppered him. What was that like? That yeah, absolutely. And he yeah. said like, and and what he did say is that you know what, Latrell is handling it great. He yeah. just said that he is is feeding off that energy. He knows well, he what did. it is. And and he also Latrell did make the point that it's not going to rub me out of the game. I'm I'm strong and I'm going to stand up for you know for who I am. Um, but he's a target. Like he's you know just a polarizing figure. But I think he's just been absolutely. Like a breath of fresh air. Ever since he's come back from that trip to the US, he's just had... But round one, he was carrying a bit of weight, wasn't yeah. he? Which yeah. wasn't good enough. He'd, be, he'd let his team down last year. Yep. But this trip to America, you can see that he absolutely committed himself to the cause. Yeah. And he's been saying the whole way, guys, look over your shoulder, the bunnies are coming. Yep. This could be a Hain-like run. It could end today. We don't know. Yep. But for those in the NFL, according to Adrian, 0.3% of Australians are interested in the NFL. Well... For the 99.7% who, who aren't and don't know about Russell Wilson, right? Yep. Used to play for Seattle, signed with the Denver Broncos. Round one, they meet each other. What was he greeted with? Booze. Yep. But guess what else? The last week and a half, no player in rugby league has had more booze than Latrell Mitchell. Yep. Who do you reckon in the last week and a half has had the most and biggest cheer in the last week and a half? Mitchell. 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 Yep. Did you see that when they panned yep. on him? Yep. That was great, wasn't it? That moment with Freddie where yep. he literally had to step away from the microphone yep. and they just soaked it all up. Yep. And the thing is, too, that there was that lovely scene where Trent Robinson came over and gave Latrell a hug after that game. And that was the first time in a year, ever since that Joey Manu incident, that they've actually spoken. Is that right? And he came over, Nick Politis also came over, gave him a hug. So there was a bit of bad blood there. There was a bit of tension between the parties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, too, Christian Nicolucci, who you've mentioned, Sydney Morning Herald, he did an article talking about uh, a 15-year-old ball girl during the week. Now, what was the significance around this young 15-year-old? She's also an Indigenous Australian. She has been there and experienced that herself. So when Latrell's copped it, you know, and she sort of felt that, like, because she's literally taken the tea to him when everyone's booing and hopes that he misses the kick. So... She talked about that story and just how relentless it was and how it affected her as well. Like she's obviously, I think it might be a nephew or somehow related to Latrell. So yeah, a niece. Just, a niece. So yeah, yeah. I tell you, we had our uh, Feel Good Friday moment. My yep. hairs are standing up, right? And, yep. and, and it, Latrell Mitchell copying it for the Rooster fans, and I'm play on with that, right? Yep. Nails it from the sideline and then cuddles the young girl. Yeah, and I thought, in one of the most brutal games we've ever seen, yeah. we're also seeing a moment like that. My yeah. hair's stand up. It was... You better go home and shave those before the race. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's going to make all the difference. Wind full yeah, yeah, yeah. full <laughs> shave now. Yeah. Full I, I, I bought all the, um, the chafe cream, oh, so it's going to be going everywhere. Don't worry about that. Did, did you, but that yeah. was a special moment, wasn't it? Yes. Just on the shave down, uh, yeah. I spoke to the, the Hello Sport boys. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. talking shave down. Well, we're talking shave downs and athletes like that. There's one athlete that I saw that wasn't shaved down. So Sun Yang, <laughs> the, the Chinese swimmer, used to have blokes that had put his suits on for him. And he'd walk in the change room, stand arms out, full nude. Oh, oh nil by shave. No shave. Nil by groom. Wow. Shave legs, shave arms. Oh, nil by groom. Wow. wow. Sun Yang. The curly of the short variety. Wow. <laughs> Actually, just on the... Um, uh, what was I going with this? Oh, the shave dip. Oh, I was in Cronulla Mall the other day, and, and, and this must have been a couple of weeks ago because Cronulla had just beaten Canterbury. And this bloke comes by, this big sort of guy, parks his ute, and him and his girl get out of the car, and they're walking through the mall, and hair all over his legs, which is, it's Matty Burton. Neil boy shaved <laughs> down from Burton. Country boy. Wow. Yeah, he's not shaving down. How's this? So, uh, in swimming, whenever you've got a big event, 
you do the full shave down. Yeah. So it's almost like pomp and pageantry, an acknowledgement that something big's coming up. So if I've got something big coming up now, I do a shave down. Oh. Now. So if I've got like, you know, we've been playing like, like crunch time on a Saturday here. Oh, like crunch time. <laughs> if, if I've got, say, like, you know, we've been planning this big night out or something for like a month. Oh. Day before the big night. Really? <laughs> it's so weird, but it just gets me like as soon as I'm shaved down, you go to bed that night and you're all silky in the sheets yeah. and you're just like, let's go. Who was the swimmer who had the mad, he, he had like the, almost a beard and he was trancing people through to the semis, turns up in the final. Was he an English or an Irishman or a... Uh, well, at the Commonwealth Games, uh, Kyle Chalmers rocked the big moustache. Yeah, that wasn't oh, Australian. Adam Peaty? Yes. Adam Peaty. Canadian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scottish, but British. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did, I did that a couple of times at the World Champs. Went heats. Full, like, five o'clock, dark, dark. Um, Does it actually make a difference, you reckon? Uh... Oh, I'm not. Or is it in your head? It's, it's, I think most of it's psychological. But for your opponents, they look across and go, Magnuson in lane four has got a bloody beard in the heats. <laughs> he knows he's got my number. So yeah. it just psychs him right out. Um, so that's it's a, it's a pretty big move. If you went full chest hair, that would be massive. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually an Australian who yeah. invented the shave down. Yeah. Forbes Carlisle was yeah. an Australian oh. swim coach. There's, you've seen the Carlisle learn to swim. My, my They're kids, everywhere. My kids have swum there. What about yeah. with a few Rubik's hanging out of the budget? <laughs> <laughs> a few spider legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he invented the shave down for swimming. Wow. Yeah. Do you reckon yeah. there was a period where they stopped doing that once they had the full super suits? Or do no, you still, no, you still do had you, to because the hairs would poke through. Oh, right. It's crazy to think that just that tiny hair will slow you down. But they've done tests and it's a, it's, it is a thing, body hair. I always wondered about the facial hair because um, it's, it's slightly different and because you, you're breaking the water it's, it's with the your drag, head. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's the drag. So it's the drag on your body. They do all these tests and, and we've done tests before um, and it shows where the water is coming off the body and just that little bit of hair makes the water ripple differently and slows you down. But Is that the swim cap as well? Like, is that why? Yeah, the swim cap, the swim cap, um, all of it, all of it. So, so you were saying uh, Sung Yang was going with the Ben Lex and Keel. It was something a little bit different going on down there. Like, if you told me he'd never even had a trim in his life, I'd believe you. Is that right? Uh, it was all, out of control. All aboard the night train. Does, does it matter, though, if you've got the suit on over the top or you've got a bit uh, of... Yeah, I don't think it matters as much there. But I I remember you just said looking at it. That it could poke out the side. It could, yeah. 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 I, I just remember looking at it going, you've shaved down everything else and you've left that yeah and that's when i knew i went to mac horton i said mac you've got this bastard yeah oh too much fred astaire one 1170 to have your say we're live here at hyde park house jesse's lounge 49 william street have your say on the text line 0457 736 736 tweet at 1170 sen jobs at robsoncivil.com.au join robson civil projects robson civil bring us crunch time on this saturday Plenty of unread text messages. We will get to those very, very shortly. This is the run home and crunch time. All thanks to Robson Civil. Yeah, here we are. Hyde Park House, Jesse's Lounge. Jesse's girl's good, but Jesse's Lounge is better. 49 <laughs> Williams Street here <laughs> in Sydney. Uh, all thanks to Robson Civil. You can join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Text line 0457 736 736. And if you're up there, Kazali fans, don't forget after this, we are crossing for preparation of the prelim final, which is the Sydney Swans taking on the Collingwood Magpies. And we here 
in Jesse's Lounge. It is pumped with up there, Kazali. Text line 0457736736. Adrian Prezenko from the City Morning Herald. James the Missile Magnuson. I'm Joel Kane. The text line, very, very busy missile. Yeah, it's running hot. First one from Statsy in Freshwater. He says, G'day, boys. Got to say, I'm over the booing that constantly comes from the worst fans in Australian sport. <laughs> The Sydney Roosters. Ah, the right, let me guess, Southfield? Yeah, I think so. They yet again confuse their passion and show how clueless and classless they are. The history of them goes all the way back to 2013 when they booed DCE getting the Clive. They did the same to Jack Whiten in 19. Their booing of Billy Slater in 2018 was the worst act of sportsmanship I've ever seen. They're doing it again with Latrell. He shut them up in the best way possible. Believe me, my team, Manly fans, leave a lot to be desired as well. But I've had enough of the Roosters fans whining. They boo more than they cheer. Their team are a great team to watch, but I cannot stomach their fan base. Good riddance. Whack wow. the from whack the back fence from Statsy from Freshwater. This one from Steve. He's got a question for you, Sugar. Sugar Man, I don't want to get too personal, but did you go the full Brazilian for this race? And will you be running in Speedos? Ran out of shaving cream, Stevie boy. I went half Brazilian. So if you split my body down the middle, half is fully shaved and oh, half is wow. young. There's rumours he had to get out the whippersnipper. <laughs> yeah. uh, this one from Adam. He says, say what you want, but Suali'i came through the independent school system. That gave him the social intelligence to achieve early success. A lot of the next big things lack the education to handle the blowtorch of public pressure. Well, that, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, if you go to a, a posh bit school, elitist, isn't it? If you go to a posh school, you go all right, and if you don't, you can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I don't agree with that. No. I don't agree with that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Crunch time. All thanks to Rob's similar break, and we'll look ahead to this big, big blockbuster for Dometic South Sydney Rabbitohs at home again. Apparently, Roosters fans <laughs> taking on the Sharkies coming up right after this. Ah, uh, yes, uh, we're going to wrap up things before we turn our attention from the Steeden to the Sharon up there, Kazali, as we look forward to the Swans taking on the Collingwood Magpies for their last game of the year, the Collingwood Magpies. We're looking forward to that. one 1170 is the way to have your say. Text 0457-736-736. But it's time now to gear up for the finals. It is a massive game coming up. We're talking about this much-anticipated clash. Sharkies taking on the Rabbitohs, Allianz Stadium. We'll have the call here. We're looking forward to that. Dometic, go on your next adventure. Dometic.com. Boys, Sharky's taking on the Rabbitohs. Where do we start? Rabbitohs. Yeah, I've tipped, I've tipped the Rabbitohs. A big out for uh, the Sharkies is the loss of uh, Sifa Talakai. Oh, that's confirmed? Yeah, so he's Fine. out. Um, the guy who comes in has got a good story. Lachlan Miller, uh, former Sevens rugby player. So at the start of the year, he was a bee's proverbial yep. away from signing with the LA Guillotinis. Is that right? That's right. So he was going to go, he was going to sign. He had a contract in front of him, and he, he told me he was two hours away from actually putting pen to paper. And in the end, Fitzy came up with an offer that was palatable. That club has now been involved in some sort of a cap drama or some sort of a massive thing where they've been kicked out of the competition. Oh, no. He could have been over there. Instead, he's in a... Massive final tonight, you know, coming in at the last minute against the Rabbitohs. Would he be a good pick-up for another club next year? He's behind Will Kennedy, but I watched him play this year, and I think he's an out-and-out first-grade starter. Yeah, well, he's contracted for next year, so oh. there's... But you know, as of November 1, he'll be available, but there's probably a lot of clubs that he could either be a starting half uh, fullback or, you know, that number 14 that plays every single game off the bench. But, yeah, he's been a terrific buy for them. I'll tell you, a big game tonight for Will Kennedy. 
You saw it a little bit with Xavier Savage, and we spoke about highlights reels earlier. It's one part of his game. He's got to nail the defence. So last yep. week, Roosters take on the bunnies. Latrell come up with some big try savers. Through Hutchison. Yeah, yep, try savers. And, you know, there's tries. Xavier Savage, a few meek attempts, and I'm being honest with that last night. Like, I personally think... Um, I'll say this. I, I bet you any money Charles Nickel Cookstar has an outstanding World Cup and Raiders fans will start to say, well, why was he left by the side? I, I, know, I, I know that he'd signed elsewhere, but he's a, he would have been very close to a Clive Churchill medal had Canberra won it. I know Jack White got it in the losing team anyway, but it is very, very important that, you know, there's going to be times when South City are coming at them hard. Will Kennedy has got to make these tackles. Yeah, fall in love with someone when you see them with the ball, but it's what they do often. And that's 100%. what makes the great fullbacks like a James Tedesco for everything that he does with the ball. How many tries does he save? Just makes him so much more valuable. Yep. I, I, I said after last week's game, I would be considering swapping Miller and Kennedy just because of the form that I thought Miller was in. To be fair to, to Kennedy, it was his first game back yeah. into a semi-final. But... The Sharks were a real missed opportunity, I believe, if Kennedy has a poor game defensively again, because he was found out out of position a couple of times with short kicks from the Cowboys. It might have been 12 all for Kennedy in the game. So, great with the ball. Couple he could have saved. Lockie Miller, he, he's a player. Like, I know Newcastle chasing the fullback. I'm just going, okay, here you go. He, 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 he's rock solid. Yeah. I'm pleased to see him in first grade. He's a bloke who won't let you down. But ladies and gentlemen, as I said, the Steeden, we're taking the passing away and we're about to handball. We're about to handball to Jared Waitley at the team. It's massive. It's the Swans taking on Collingwood. And then you just step up the road where we'll be. Allianz Stadium, South City Rabbitohs at home, apparently, taking on the Sharkies. Adrian Brzezenko on fire. James Magnuson shaved down, ready to go. It must be big. <laughs> and I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I might just run by you in this half marathon. Man. I can't wait. Or you probably run by man. me. Can't wait for that. Brooksy, well done. Seal, well done. Jimmy Battle, thank you. And to our listeners, we'll catch you next time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.